Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Recorded live. Hi, everyone. It's January the 25th. Oh, geez. 2017. Uh, Russ would like to um, speak about the ground level of the questions to ask, and I could be incorrect on this, but I'm sure I'm not. Um, but also, this call is going to be leading up to a uh, homework call, and we'll, we will end up posting that maybe Thursday, Friday call. See if anyone has done their homework as far as what to ask these people. Um and that's local. That is local around your area. Because we've got to get these people out. Okay, Russ, you got the floor. Well, welcome aboard, ladies and gentlemen, whoever's out there on this on this conference call tonight. It takes a great deal of courage for people to come out to this late at nighttime, 9 o'clock, <clears throat> because other people across the country would rather do something else by watching the idiot box called the TV. They'd rather watch shows or go to movies or do something else. That's up to them. But for all you people out there that are on this call, I want to let you remind you, a painful reminder, that the country that you thought that you grew up in, America, is gone. And we had a fellow that uh, who ran for the presidency. He was sworn in last week. And he said to the American people, make America great again. Well, that's not his, that is not his job to do that. It's not for the political parties to make the, this country come back or become, make America strong. It's the people that are in and make the country strong, not the political parties. <clears throat> but once we get over that and understand that we have the, we have the power and everything has been completely upside down, right is wrong and wrong is right, uh, the whole thing has been turned upside down then. The economic system, the political, the social, the educational, religious, all been turned upside down. And it's up to us. To, um, I did not vote for either one of the parties but or any one of the candidates. Uh, Trump got in. I have no problem with that myself. I'd rather have anybody but Hillary Clinton. I'm not going to say anything bad about her. I just don't particularly care about a woman. She doesn't have any answers. <clears throat> and I, I heard the grapevine that Mr. Trump is making some moves right now of trying to make some executive orders, getting rid of a lot of things. And I think Mr. Trump, um, he better be very careful. He has um, got himself surrounded by a bunch of businessmen that want to bring the business back to the United States. And I'd like to be optimistic about this whole thing, but I'm not because within, he has less than four years to do it. This is uh, January 25th. He has less than four years to do it. I don't think he's going to do it. Uh, if he may do something it may be a shallow victory or hollow victory. In that regard, he's not going to be able to do too much. There's too much damage that's been done to this country. I think it's a great idea by bringing a lot of businesses back, which I find it hard to believe. This is something Mr. Obama should have done back in 2008 all the way into, the, into 2016. He failed to do that. He failed to do his job. I had a discussion today earlier, and I told the people that uh, this fellow down in South Carolina I talk to all the time is this 
sentiment that calls themselves government is not who they think they are. They're not who they are, folks. And you got to you got to get this out of your head. They are not government. These are people who are sequestered behind closed doors and buildings that says government buildings. They're not government. This is a private criminal cartel that's running unchecked. They're ungovernable or ungoverned, and they're not um, they're not they're, they're lawless. So what these people are doing? They they have three things. They're they're operating. They're operating. Um, Above the law, they're operating below the law, and they're not even operating within the framework of the law that they're supposed to be operating in. So, therefore, when I look at that and I start putting two and two together, it makes logical sense when I deal with a lawful government. Why, when I went to court, or anybody goes to the court on any given day, you put all your paperwork out there that the court in the, in the respective state that you live in, they understand that that's the correct paperwork, but yet they're going to say, I'm going to dismiss this, this piece of paperwork, but they don't give you a, a reason why they just say, I dismiss it. They always assume jurisdiction, and what I'm here to talk about is getting people on board. When a complaint is filed, you have to file what is called a counter-complaint, or you've got to start what is called an affirmative action. So I was talking to um, Cheyenne the other day, and, and we're going to give everybody a homework assignment today. The first thing you got to do, I don't care whether it's an income tax, or I don't care whether it's a property tax, I don't care if it's a speeding ticket, you have to, uh, you have to category deny each and every one of the charges. If they have one charge, let's say that um, Virginia statute 859.63, you have to come in there and say, I categorically deny that. You have to deny everything and admit to nothing. So when you get your paperwork out there, you get three pieces of paperwork out there, and all states are the same. In North Carolina, we did uh, three documents. We, we threw the case. Uh, we, we filed the, the paperwork in the court. The prosecuting attorney got um, very nervous. And they wanted more time. We came back 12 weeks later, and the case was dismissed. They didn't tell you why. They just they just checked the box where well, the case is dismissed. That's all there is to it. <clears throat> we as American people have got to stop fighting with each other. I'm getting tired of people talking about, oh, this guy's black, this guy's white, this guy's got a um, a gym towel on his head, looks like a um, um, uh, an Arab, or he's a Muslim. This guy's a Jew. He's got a Marahari yarmulke on his head. This guy is fat. This guy's skinny. We got to knock that stuff off. We really have to stand tall, shoulder to shoulder, and come after these people because they are continuously uh, taking advantage of the public. They're stealing from us. They're putting people in jail. They're hurting people. Putting in people in cemeteries that they really don't need to belong there. And it says in the Constitution that we have a right, after all the train of abuses of government, we have a right to overthrow that. And this is where we're at right now, folks. I'm not talking about a bloody revolt. I'm looking at mass civil disobedience. The laws that they've passed are unjust, so therefore what Gandhi said years ago when he was struggling in South Africa and finally went to India, he said that, that unjust laws are created by unjust men. So do we have a moral obligation to to obey the statute? My answer to that is no. At least as far as, as, far as I'm concerned, we have no more obligation to, to obey it. So we talk about, um, here it is, we, we're coming up on February. Now, February and March, everybody's going to get in this fever about, we've got to get this, you've got to get these, these tax forms fit out. We've got to get the 1040. It's all based on the propaganda. The IRS is not telling you why you have to file a uh, 1040 to tell that you have to, because if you don't, they're going to charge you criminally for not for failing to file and then failing to pay. Well, how in the hell could you be charged with failing to pay when on the backside your, your employer stole the money, but yet you didn't fill out the 1040? So how can you be charged a crime by not filling out a form, a 1040? They already took your money. So what you're doing when you, when you file this 1040, you got a U.S. individual income tax on the top of the paper, which you're admitting that you are the U.S. taxpayer. You don't know any better. So let's say that you paid $30,000 in income tax, FICA, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, federal, state, and local taxes. They stole, let's say, $30,000 from you. And 
entire year, and they're going to give you a refund of $8,000. You can, but that, that infuriates the hell out of me. They're going to give you $8,000. Whatever happened to the other $22,000, that's rightfully yours. This is where the American people got to start waking up. That is your labor. That's your property. And you allow these people that call themselves government, you better file this tax return, or else we're going to, we're going to garnish your wages. We're going to get into your, your bank accounts, clean up the bank account. How dare them? This is where it's going to get bloody, folks. And I'm asking American people right now, how far are you willing to go? And I think that most of the people are another blowhard. All they do is talk. Oh, I got my rifle. I got my, my M16 hanging on the closet. Yeah, what are you going to do with that, Bill, Billy Badass? What, are, what, just, what, the heck, what are you going to do with that? We're not talking about just we're not talking about shooting bullets in the air, but we're talking about standing shoulder to shoulder as true Americans and tell this 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 thing called government no. And when you start doing that, folks, watch the way they react. Because we went down to South Carolina two months ago and did that to them. You see the look on their faces, folks. They know damn well they don't have no power. So the first thing we got to understand is who are we? Uh, are you an American? Are you American national? Are you a U.S. citizen? Are you a citizen of the United States? What are you? What is your status? Are you a free man? Are you a uh, uh, employee, or what? What is your standing? Do you have standing to go into court? Do you understand that the the state of the county is coming after you? Do they have standing? No, they don't. It's all based on allegations. He just made it up. Well, he he ran the the traffic light. He he, he was uh, ten miles over the post speed limit. So what? Where's the crime at? You try to go in there and you try to bring in the common law jurisdiction. They're going, to, they're going to crash you against a, a, a firewall, folks. You're not going anywhere with that. We tried this stuff years ago in Ohio. It doesn't work. I'm not telling that the, the common law movement is, is not, is not the, the remedy. I'm not going to say anything bad about it, but, just, but you can't take common law application and put it in a statutory court. It doesn't fit, folks. You're, trying, you're, you're putting a round hole in a square peg. It doesn't fit. And wonder why that you're getting your butts kicked in court because they're not telling you right offhand that what you're doing wrong that you're using a process that they don't, they don't, uh, that's not proper procedure. So when you go into court, <clears throat> before you go into court, you have to, you have to have things that you're ready. You have to, you're going to be flat-footed out there. People are going to get nervous. I was nervous the first time I went to court. I didn't have my paperwork ready. Didn't understand what kind of paperwork to file. Once I started understanding that, then I got to work on what do I say to this man or woman sitting on that bench that has a black robe on? and tells me what they're going to do to me. I beg your pardon. So when I go in there, uh, there are some things I have fixed in my mind that I already know, even if I go to court tomorrow, I know exactly what to do. This is where we got to be at, folks. we got to start off at ground zero to find out what, what type of paperwork we're going to file to get in there to, to let the courts or make the courts understand that we are going to put up affirmative defense that's going to make it even harder for them to come back after us in order to sustain a conviction. Then... We have, to, we have to be ready to, how are you going to handle an oral debate with these people? Once they get you into a debate or discussion with them, that what I say to them, and I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I, I am pretending that if I'm driving a, uh, a five-gear shift engine, that knob is going to be at neutral at all times. I'm not going to first, I'm not going to fifth, I'm not going to fourth. I'm going to stay at neutral. So every time that they ask me a question, I'm going to answer with another question or with something that's going to be able to divert them from, Trying to make me um, to make a uh, uh, to make a plead. So one of the first things I go into court, you go in there. A lot of people are mistakenly led to believe that when you go into court, and there's like this little swinging gate in there, uh, that when you cross that little swinging gate that you gave the court jurisdiction, that is not true. It's just it's just part of the what do you call the the style of the furniture in the store that you go past the swinging gate. You're not granted the court jurisdiction. 
the, the court automatically assumes that they have jurisdiction. This, and the, the jurisdiction that they assume that they have over you is personum. They think that since you are physically located on the area, the county, the city, or the state, they think that they have personal jurisdiction over you. And we're going to correct that for them. So when I go in there, the judge, the, the, the judge is going to say, uh, he's going to say, are you this person? I said, no, um, I'm not able to answer that question. What is the relevancy of your question? I'm going to answer his question with another question. And, I'll, and, and I'm going to follow up with him like this. He says, what do you mean? I said, if I answer that question, sir, would it be construed on my part to make testimonial statements to this court before trial? And I did that on purpose because if you start giving them information, you don't even know, you're not even aware that they are interrogating you legally. And if you answer the questions, don't you think you're, you're answering the question uh, confirming that you are that person on that record that is a defendant? Yes. So when I, if they ask me what my name is, I ask them, what is the relevancy of your question? And if I answer that question, would it be construed on the court's part? I'm giving testimonial statements before trial. It shuts them up. He's going to say, uh, is this your current address? Again, what is the relevancy of your question? And the reason why they're asking those questions, they want to establish a, a dialogue with you because if you answer their questions, aren't you setting yourself up to be that resident that they're talking about? Yes. So don't do it. You always answer the question with another question. We're not there to argue with them, and I tell the judge off the, off the bat, I am not there in that courtroom to, to engage in an acrimonious debate. I'm there to challenge one type of jurisdiction, folks. It's not personal jurisdiction. It is always subject matter. Because when they, when they ask you to make a – before we get to that, the question when asked to judge, before we get started, sir or ma'am, um, is this court lawfully in session or is this court lawfully um, – lawfully in session, or is this lawfully been convened? And the reason why I ask those two questions, because I'm attacking the charging instrument. We're going to make it simple that if they come in there with a traffic ticket, the cop says you were going over the 10 miles over the posted speed limit. And what they want you to do is make you believe that that information on that charging instrument, which is the ticket, is true. That is not true, folks, because when the, when, the, when, the, when the courts or the state tries to say, we're going to bring the officer in as a witness, you've got to catch that, folks. You've got to catch that. There is no freaking way that a cop can be a witness unto himself. He's in a car by himself. He got his radar on your car, or led, led to believe that his, his radar was on your car, and said to you, that were me, that I was over 10 miles over the post speed limit. Well, how the hell does he know? Because he's, he wrote on the ticket. He could have been lying. We don't know. But you should always ask questions. So when the the judge asks you, and one of the first things they're going to do, they're going to ask you to uh, to enter a plea. They're going to say, "How do you wish to enter a plea?" Here's my here's my answer. There, here's how we did in, in North Carolina. If they ask you, "How do you wish to enter a plea?" My exact words, word, word for word, verbatim, will be this: I am unable to enter an initial plea at this time due to the insufficiency of the. Uh, the information on the charging instrument in order for me to frame a responsive answer. So they're going to give you a funny look. Uh, excuse me, I'm going to repeat it again. They asked me the third time, I'm going to repeat the same thing. Now, here's a trick that I want you guys to remember. In a, in most of the traffic cases are criminal. They're actually civil, they actually convert to criminal because they think they did, they, you did it maliciously and intentionally. So here's, here's a trick you want to know. In Black's Law Dictionary, look under the word uh, pleadings, and it says this, the only time that the judge can enter a uh, plea on your behalf, if you tell the judge 
I refuse to enter a plea. Don't do that. Just say, I am unable. So therefore, if you say, I am unable, if the court is a court of record, you just negated his trying to go go around you or go over you and say, I'm going to enter a plea on your behalf. I said, excuse me, I will kind of remind the judge that I said I am unable. Did I say I have refused? Because if you say refuse, then you're allowing him to enter a plea on your behalf. You must stay away from that. So don't do that. So here's another thing they do. If you start raising issues about uh, your rights uh, that you have, he's going to call you in contempt of court. And I love that because I got an answer for that too. Because if he says, sir, I'm going to hold you in contempt of court if you ask me another question. And my question is, you're going to hold me in contempt. Is that correct? Yes. Well, uh, there's five different types of con- uh, uh, contempt. Is there criminal, civil, direct, indirect, or constructive contempt? Now we've got two charges, Judge. Which one do you want to deal with first? you want to deal with the contempt charge, or do you want to go back to the traffic case? You take your pick, A or B. You got them again. So what we've got to do, we've got to understand, if, you gotta, if you're going to be standing flat-footed on the court, you've got to be able to fire off on them, even if you're flat-footed. If you catch up guard, you've got you to hold your ground, regroup, and fire right back at them, because that's what they're looking for because the courts are based on adversity. One of, the, one of my favorite movies I watched was A Few Good Men with Tom Cruise, and I watched that 20 times. The first time I saw that movie, he said something in the first half an hour that caught my attention, and there's a reason why Hollywood's making these movies. You've got to really watch these movies, both because it's actually showing you how to conduct yourself in court or any other circumstances. And what, court, what, what Tom Cruise was saying, to, I think it's either to Demi Moore, when she was first trying to sign him on on the team, he said that the whole purpose of the court is to is the assignment of blame. That's what the ticket is for. It's called they're assigning the blame to you. So the court via the state, the county, they are the assignors and they're assigning the blame to you. You gotta you gotta you got knocked out of the box here, folks. You gotta knock that out. So your paperwork is very, very important. You always you have to tell the judge right off the bat, you're gonna ask him, is this a court of record? If this is not a court of record, then you will tell the judge, excuse me, I would like to request a leave of this court so I can take this court before a court of competent jurisdiction. They don't like that. Because we have a we have a case down here in South Carolina. These courts down here have magistrates' courts. Their courts are no record, they're unconstitutional. So when I go into court, I let the judge know on my paperwork and I tell him orally. I am not there under the protection of the Constitution. Why? Because the Constitution doesn't have nothing to do with me. I did not sign the damn thing, and I didn't swear an oath of allegiance like they did. Another thing that people were hanging their hats on, if you get uh, people telling me, well, I want to get the, I want to get the oath of office with the judge, that's not going to do any good at all, folks, because if, if you want the, the oath of office, how are you going to use that against them? What I'm going to do is use what I'm going to use against them is not the Constitution. I'm using the, uh, the the statute against them that they're failing to obey their own rules and regulations. That's what I'm going to come at. I don't care about the Constitution. Don't care about their, their oath of office because okay. if you look around. I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah. No, finish your sentence, and then I want to interrupt. They're, 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 violating, they're, they're violating the oath of office uh, all the time, so I don't even look at that. They, they give me, even if they give me the oath of office, I tear it up. I said, that means nothing to me. It means nothing. Okay. On the chat board, all statues must be bonded. Is that true or not true? Well, that's an interesting question because I raised that issue myself. I don't, I don't get into that right now because it's not the statutes that are being bonded. What I'm going to do is ask them whether the case has been bonded. That's what I'm looking at. I don't care about the statutes. The statutes are private law, but I'm looking at the, the case number. So if you, if you look at the case, if you understand what I'm trying to say, 
the case that you're involved in that case uh, in the court, ask the judge or the um, prosecuting attorney, has this case been bonded? And you're going to get a funny look from these people. See, I'm, what I, the reason why I'm saying that is that when I ask the right question, I always get the right answer. Excuse me, sir, I'm kind of confused here. Uh, on, this, on this top right-hand corner where it says CR-35-580, um, it's a criminal case, is that correct? Yes. Has this case been bonded? And you'd be surprised, but you're going to get a you're going to get a real funny look from the judge or prosecuting attorney because they know damn well that you're on their butt. They're bonding that stuff. So you got you want you got to ask that questions. I don't I don't care about the statute. I'm worried about the case that's being bonded because if that's why, um, if you notice in every major city, in any city, look at your courthouse. And what is across the street from every courthouse? Anybody know what's right, what's right across the street from the courthouse? A bond agent. Thank you. It's it's a bail bail bondsman. Right. They're working in tandem with each other, folks. So people got to they got to really start look. They got to look at that. I went across the street and talked to bail bondsman. Bail bondsman, and I asked him. I said, "Can I get a copy? Can I get a, a copy of one of your bonds?" He says, "No." The reason why they don't want you to know, folks, because where do you think they where do you think the bail bondsman are buying the bonds from? Well, I found out where they're getting them from. Here in, in Charlotte, North Carolina, this bail bondsman is getting their bonds from Dallas, Texas. Woo-wee. And you know, they're doing? They're buying, what, you know what they're doing? They're buying them in batches. So here's a, here's yeah, a quick, of here's course a, they are. But here's a kicker. If Cheyenne has got a $5,000 bond on her and the judge says, uh, I want 10% of the bond before you can release her from the jail... So I go down there, and, I, and let's say, what's ten percent of five? What five thousand dollars? What uh, five hundred dollars? Right. What happened to the other forty-five hundred? Correct. See, we're not. You got to ask the right question because what you do, you you step backwards. So this is what I do. I step backwards, and once I start going backwards and look at the paper trail, I start getting answers. So what I did, I went up to the clerk's office, and I asked the clerk. I said, "I just bailed this young lady out of jail here." And I get a copy of the bond that was issued in this court, and they gave it to me. You know what was on the side of that bond? It was a, um, um, it was a, um, it was a, a symbol on the on the back of that bond. We call that it. it was like a, um, like a like seal. A logo. Yeah, like a seal. It was a seal. You got to okay. get that, folks. You got, you got to, you got to. But was it a raised seal? No, it was a, it was it was a copy of the bond, but it had yeah. a um, what the hell do you call that? Uh, it wasn't a raised seal. Well, it, it, there was a there was a, a logo in the back that where it, right. it tells you where the bond came from. That's where that's where people right. get they got to, they got to start getting these. They got to get those. Actually, everyone, that anytime when you go to um the to the courthouse and you look at your paperwork, always always look at the back side. Mm-hmm. You'll be surprised what is written on the back side. Mm-hmm. Ask the judge, ask the judge, is this case been bonded? This the serial numbers up at the top here, CRCV for civil. Ask him if this case been bonded. Because what they're doing, folks, they're creating public deaths out there, folks. Do you understand what a bond is? Oh, my God, Russ. Just from one case, it was probably two inches. When we end up entering court, it was six inches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What they're doing, they're packing the case, folks. They're packing it with information there. That, that's why I tell people, go down to the courthouse as often as you can and get the clerk to put a record, and you should photocopy everything that's in your file. Do it. 
I agree. I didn't mean to um, to interrupt you because I know our conversation was start from the bottom to help these people or help everyone. Um, and then we're also going to be asking people to do their homework. And then I'm going to have another call within two days. And let's and that's probably about the end, almost at the end of the call here, Russ. I I I will I will not interrupt you again. I hope I don't. No, you can't. If if anybody has a question, they can ask me anytime. They can interrupt me because. Uh, well, you know what, Russ? I'm yeah. I'm just trying to do the um, the call correctly. I, I want you to speak. No, that's okay. If, I, if they have any questions, just raise your hands because I'm just walking through about the first thing we're going to do is talk about. Uh, the answer. You want to talk about the answer and counterclaim? And That's when would you like me for you? When would you like for me to uh, take questions at the end of the call? You can you can any time because if you gave them, if, if I don't know what do you have that the answer and counterclaim on you that you can read them just to give them a general idea of what that looks like. The last one you sent me. Yeah. I can. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My heart, my heart, my heart. Uh, mm-hmm. um, all right, uh, we have one question right now. Would you like to take that question or not? Yeah, go ahead, fire away. All right. West Oklahoma. Hi, my question is, let's say a friend or, or I, one's in Texas, one's in Oklahoma, could say uh, some kind of ticket, like a traffic ticket. Um, how do we, uh, when's the proper time, you know, because they mail it, the cops have mail it in, you know, it usually takes 10 days to get on the damn court records anyway. When is the proper time and how to go about getting a copy of the police report? How how would one do that to get the details for uh, affirmative defenses and such? Well, you'd be able to get that from the clerk's office once. Uh, what, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll back up there for a second. Oklahoma's a nice state because that's where they wear the big old cowboy hats. That's where my teacher comes from, Richard Cornford. That's where he's from. I think he's from Oklahoma City. But um, he's the one that taught me a lot of things, what I need to do. He's actually put me on the path of where when I did a, um, a fair debt collection prices act letter, his, actually his, uh, when I wrote the letter for someone down in South Carolina, it, uh, it, it destroyed the whole case, destroyed it. So... In the traffic case, you get a ticket. What I, what I do is, if I get stopped, I'm very cursed to the office. I'm not I'm not going to engage in any argument. When you're not there to educate this officer at all, they're not there. They're there to serve process. I'm getting sick and tired of hearing these people on the internet. Well, well yeah, stop me for it. I don't have to show you. Yes, you do. Because if you don't do that, then then you what you're doing. Have anybody ever heard of? And Shine, you can jump in here. Have you ever heard of what is called forced continuum? Does anybody know what that is? Force, continuum of force. There are eight steps. If you look at the uh, the police manuals, there's I would like the... I uh, to answer mm-hmm. that one. What? I would like Rodney K to answer that one. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I, well, I kind of wasn't satisfied with this. I have more kind of insight. Like when you get one from the court, the clerk, clerk of court or court, clerk or whatever, is there any special kind of like summons and papers or special procedures to to do that? Like, would you ask a certified? How how would one go about doing that? Okay, I'm not. I'm, if they understand, what, what are you trying to get? 
He's trying to get certified copies of whatever was in the courthouse. That's yeah, very what, simple. What step, step by step, step by step, how would you obtain a copy of the uh, the uh, police report from the traffic? Okay, you can you can get that. Okay, well, what you got here? Well, you you already got a you got a copy of that you got a narrative, which is a ticket. He gave you a copy of the when he when he left you on the scene. He gave you a copy of the of the report. That's his narrative. But now what you got to do is that if he says that you're scheduled for court thirty days later, what I would do is that you take the ticket, you read the ticket, and find out what that is. You want to read the statute, what he's charging you with, and then in the meantime, you go down to the court. But in the meantime, you start getting your paper together. You do your answer and counterclaim. You do your, uh, if it's a criminal, you do a bill of particulars, and you do a motion to dismiss and strike. But, but in the meantime, what I do is go down there to the clerk and inquire the case number of the court, the case number that they assigned your case to, and ask him to produce the file. So what they do when they hand you uh, the file, you look at the file and you photocopy everything that they have in the file. That's what I do. So it's going to give you a heads up what they're trying to do. Also, what you can do, you can uh, do what's called a motion uh, for the production of documents to direct it to the prosecuting attorney. They have to give that to you because they have to give you, bound by law, that anything they're going to use against you in the court in order to sustain a conviction, they have to give it to you. And if they don't do that, you go after what is called a Brady violation. It's very simple how to do that. Shakes them up. When do they usually have, when do the prosecutors usually have all the information that they're going to bring done? Do they normally sneak it in after you've been there, or do they wait to the last minute? Do you know anything about that? Well, they, they, they'll try to sneak it in, but the thing is, uh, what if they um, uh, they try to do that, but that's why I go down there all the time uh, to see what do they put in the file. That's what you got to stay on top of. It. That's why I tell people you got to go down there and get any information that they're continuously slipping in that's going to help your defense on your affirmative defense. That's what I do. But also, uh, Russ, it depends on what section they have it put into the file. What index? Not index. It's just a. It, once once you know the, the case file, the clerk will give it to you. They'll give you a good idea what they're trying to do. That's called discovery. Right. Okay. Uh, before I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go, and you go back to whatever you were saying. Um, Someone did have a question. Go ahead. Uh, Cornforth never won a case in court, question mark. Uh, That's from Jeffrey. Jeffrey? Well, mm-hmm. I, think you gotta, I think you got to talk to Cornforth. Um, Cornforth doesn't go to – Cornforth is, is not – he's not an attorney. What he does, he gives legal information. It's not that he didn't doesn't win court cases. It's that he teaches people like me – to go into court and use his material. It's not that Richard Cornford. That's not that's not a perfect question because Cornford doesn't go in there fighting himself. He helps people like me and anybody else understand how the court operates. I would agree with that. Yeah, 100%. Cornford, that's, that's, that's a good question, but it's not a it's not a, a question I can answer because Cornford does not go into court himself uh, because they never he's he's never in trouble anyway. So that he, what he does, he's a teacher. Oh, well, Jeffrey's, Jeffrey's just trying to put uh, words in that everyone's mouth so he can uh, <clears throat> put on YouTube. Mm-hmm. No. no. That's all that's about. All right. 
Um, that's all the questions, so go ahead. Let's go with uh, well, West. Okay, we got one more question. Go ahead, West Oklahoma. Hey, Russ. Yep. Rodney Kay again. If you don't have, uh, let's say somebody doesn't have legal ownership or title or they give up rights to something to somebody else, do they have a claim for that property at all whatsoever? So somebody gives up a property, does he give something? So he, what he does, he gives the property to somebody else? Yeah, let's say I do a legal transfer. I give up rights to my car, my just anything. Let's say you go through a court process and I no longer have ownership, possession, or any kind of legal rights to it. And let's say somebody comes along and smacks it or breaks it. Do I I don't have do I have a claim to that for like a title civil rights violation of any Well if if the if the uh, if the exchange of property has already been done, then the person that you gave the property to under a contract then the person that you gave the contract to, or the the property that that's that's going to be their problem. Let me ask. Well, let me purpose it this way. What if my, let's say, God forbid, I was crippled or something went wrong, and I gave up custody of my my young child to my mother? Uh, would I have? Wouldn't she be the one that had a claim if anything happened? That's right, because she is now the uh, we call that she's actually the legal guardian now. Okay, that answered my question. Thank you, sir. Uh-huh. Okay, Russ, I'm going to move everyone else out and go for it. Well, what I, what I learned, what I learned from, uh, I don't know if anybody heard of Dave Dreamer up there in Delaware and a guy by the name of uh, Howard Griswold up there in Baltimore, Maryland. And they would come to my hometown. We would have them come in every year, and we learned a lot from them about all the material. And one thing Dave Dreamer told me a long time ago, he says, you deny everything and admit to nothing. So if they say, um, is your name this? I'll say, I deny that and I admit to nothing. You, you, you know, you stay neutral. They're, they're going to have a hard time grappling with that. What I do, I put them in a very awkward position. So I, I, look, at, I look at it this way. I look at the court system as a um, – um, I look at it in the military sense. The, the courthouse is a, is, a, is a fortification that needs to be breached. You stand outside the courtroom. You're you're the invader. You're going to go in. How are you how are you going to go in there? And you want to take up the command and control center. Who is the command and control center of the courtroom? Where well, it has to be that judge. He's the command and control center. I'm going to attack him. I'm going to attack him. I'm going to attack his agent, which is the prosecuting attorney. Those are my two main people, my targets. So when I get in there and under a traffic ticket, they're going to get the cop on the stand. I'm there, and to me, I don't mind going to court. I like going to court. I, like, I, have, I enjoy going to court. I really do. I like talking to these people. I have a good old time. So the, the state is going, the prosecuting attorney is going to get the cop on the stand. He's going to say, raise your right hand. We swear to tell the truth. Does anybody know what the word swear means? Well, I looked at the word swear, and, and all these dictionaries, everybody has Blackstone Dictionary from the first edition all the way to the sixth. And I, threw, I took these legal dictionaries. And what I did, I stacked them on top of each other just to collect dust because I don't use them anymore. What I do have, uh, the dictionary I use all the time, I'm getting all my answers to, is the, um, I'm looking at it right now, it's the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary and Thesaurus. You get it from Barnes & Noble, and it costs, uh, oh, gee whiz, it only costs, uh, let's see, eight ninety nine. It's about, um, ooh, 1,200 pages. All the words I need, I understand, because it comes out of this dictionary. So when you look at the um, look at the word swear, 
we have the the, pub, the public. What we're going to do and understand what what the word swear means. It, it doesn't mean using a guy's name in vain. Ah, that 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 that. When the cop raises his hand or anybody in the courtroom raises their right hand, this is a motion. They're, 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 what they're doing, they're going through a, a ritual. They raise their right hand. Ah, I, I solemnly swear to tell you, blah, 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 so help me, blah, 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 blah. What the word swear means is that they're going to make a solemn statement. It means nothing to me. And you know why I attack that? Because if you raise your hand and you say you swear that you're going to make a solemn statement, don't you think that you can make a solemn statement and lie? Yes. How, how do you attack that? So here's what I do. I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the defendant. The prosecuting attorney is going to get the police officer on the stand. They're going to swear him in. I swear to the end, and they're going to ask him a bunch of questions. So here comes my turn. I walk up to the to the to the witness stand. I ask the officer, "How you doing? A great day it is." Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, officer. Did you or did you not just swear? Just swear the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, to help you, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Would you like to do that again? But this time, I'm going to swear you in again. Can you swear under the penalty of perjury under 5 U.S.C. 552? Uh-oh, uh-oh. The judge and the prosecuting attorney are going to be hopping up all over the place. They don't want to hear that kind of stuff because what I just did, I just destroyed the witness because I'm there to impeach the testimony of this cop. Because is the cop a witness? No. Is he does, Is he a competent fact witness, um, competent to testify? No, he is not because guess what? The ticket is based on allegations that have yet to be proven. That's the flaw. And number two, the ticket has never been sworn to by oath of affirmation by a clerk. So therefore, don't you think it's a prevarication on the record? Yeah. It's falsified information, folks. So how in the hell could this cop get on the stage and I would eject right there? How in the hell could he swear to tell the truth on information that's not been verified yet? You see how simple that is? You destroy the whole damn case. I'm not there to argue with these guys. So if the cop cannot cannot testify, then I will request a judge. I say, excuse me, judge, I request to dismiss this case with prejudice, which means you can't bring it up again. They don't want to hear that. But that's how I do it. Ask the judge. One of the questions you would ask the judge before you get started let me get this straight, Judge. You are a public servant, yes. Or did you did you swear an oath, an oath of office that's going to protect my rights at all times? Yes. Are you going to swear? Are you going to um, ensure that I have a right to a fair trial? Yes. Are you going to have? Are you going to? Are you going to ensure that I'm going to have a? Um, are, you, are you going to uh, make sure that I have a um, um, equal protection of the laws? Yes. Excuse me, Russ. Right there. Hmm? Oh, excuse me, Russ. Can you give that um, that code again that you said? I swear under the penalty of perjury under what um, code? Oh, are, you, are you from England? Are you from England? No, Australia, mate. Australia. Uh oh. Did you see Crocodile Dundee down there? Yeah, of course. You still working <laughs> with that knife? A big knife? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no, I've seen the knife. No, no. In America, what I do, I ask the uh, I ask the officer, would he like to swear in again? But under this time, under penalty of perjury, pursuant to five U.S.C. 
552. Okay, pursuant to... To 5 USC, United States Code 552. Thank you. So that's how you trap them. Okay, thank, I think that's a very important element to put in. And I just yes. wanted to write it in. Pursuant to 5 UFC um, 552. Thank you. Yes, and if you want to add that, you can put 5 USC 552A, which means it's, it's calling for the Paperwork Reduction Act. And you see that on income tax forms. Because what it is, they are limited by the Paperwork Reduction Act, the paperwork that the government is restricted to a certain amount of paperwork in order to fill the forms, in order for the public to fill out. So what are you doing? You're traveling both ways. Yeah, like, yeah, like it's not going to work possibly here in Australia because we've got different laws. I'm just putting up, I'm just typing it into the chat for you guys over in, over, over, over there, you know, America. In Australia, are those are those called the uh, the Queen's Bench over there? Queen's Bench. I have gone to the court and I have asked about Queen's Bench and uh, Court of Record, and yeah. I just get blank stares everywhere. They've never heard it, and I've been to the federal court building and I've been to the you know your your normal court building. They they know what you're talking about. They they, they love to play dumb. They really do. I just why. Uh, that's why I laugh at these guys. They always try to play dumb. Act like they don't, act like they, they don't know what you're talking about. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Um, yeah, well, this, uh, this was the head court clerk that I spoke yeah. to, you know, um, on both in, in both buildings. Yeah. Um, you, you know, but maybe she did, maybe she didn't. Um, they, you know, I'm sure one must have known, but they're not going to say. Also, what I do... I put in paperwork up to the judge and to the prosecuting attorney. I filed a Title 18, Section 4 against them also. It actually gets, it makes them very nervous when you do that. File Title 18, Section 4, which is a uh, misprisoner felony. I had a judge recuse himself off the bench when I, found, when, he, when, I, when I filed that in the court. He got himself off the bench immediately. With that in mind, you're talking about a fine of $10,000 or five years in prison or both. That's what they scares the shit out of them when you do that. It doesn't work all the time, but it actually throws a monkey wrench and all works. What I do, I tell people, if you're going to go into court, do your research, you know, read your statutes. I would um, strongly advise that you get a, what is called, a, go to libraries and get what is called prices and pleading forms and photocopy as many of those things as you can and take a moment and read those damn things and burn them into your memory banks. That's what I did. I start memorizing that stuff. That's when I go into court. I know exactly what to say. I know exactly what kind of questions to ask right on the spot. Does it work all the time? No. I'm there to shake them up. I do a good job of doing that. Sorry, yes, I yes. did miss the... I did miss those forms that you said to go and get. These are called practice in pleading forms, both civil and criminal. And if you go to the library or go to the law library, go to public library, if, you, if, the, if the librarian knows what they're doing, knows where to look, 
She's going to take it to the legal section, and you're going to look at what is called practice and pleading forms. These are the exact forms that lawyers use, and I use them against them, and they don't like that at all. But you, but you, but you, it's available to you. Why not take advantage of it? Sorry that I ended up interrupting you with you were actually on a roll. Um, let's go back to that because the main call was on ground zero. Yeah. So let's go back to that one. Is Everyone that else is mooted out. Wait, let's watch. Hold on, Russ. Let's throw out as far as the right questions to ask, and then these people. 
can have their homework, and then we will do an update call. Correct? Right. Yes. All right. You got the floor. So if you're going to get, if you're going to put ground zero, any complaint that you get, you have to do what's called a counterclaim. They make a claim against you. What is your counterclaim? How are you going to counter that? You have to, you have to answer that with a counterclaim. Well, how do you do that? If he says that um, John Jones violated the Wyoming statute one two three point four five, you got to put in the paperwork that you categorically deny the charge. End of story. That's how you do a counterclaim, folks. Because if you don't counterclaim, aren't you admitting the allegations on the record? Yes, you're getting yourself in trouble, folks. It's very simple. You have to do an answer and counterclaim because if you do that, you're going to force them to counter your counter. You're making these guys go to work, and these prosecuting attorneys have proven to be lazy. They're not. They're, they're lazy. They don't. They don't work that hard, and they want a, an easy victory. When they come across a guy like me, I'm going to make him go to work. That's what you do. You answer, answer a counterclaim. That is going to be the basis of your next assignment. About how are you going to write an answer and counterclaim by saying I counter category deny. Make up your own story, and how are you going to write an answer and counterclaim? That's that's where we're going to get back on ground zero. Answer, you got a claim, make a counterclaim by doing an answer and a counterclaim. That's what you got to do. But we got issues of jurisdiction, what's your status, what's your standing, and what capacity are you operating in. If you understand four of those, those four elements, folks, you're going to be well on your way. You want to go over, uh, Sean, you want to go over the word jurisdiction again? Yeah, my, my understanding of that, that if they give you something that's in their jurisdiction, now if you counterclaim it, you're actually countering their jurisdiction in their jurisdiction. That's how I saw it. That's how I see it. Well, you're 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 right on the money. You're, what you're doing, you're you're claiming. What you're doing, you're countering, or you're saying to them that you're going to uh, you're going to counterclaim an argument or an allegation within a jurisdiction. But well, let's look at the word jurisdiction. Do you do you know what ju the word jurisdiction means? What does the word jurisdiction mean? Take the word apart. Anybody anybody follow? What what is jurisdiction? Anybody just give an answer. Just feel free to. Yeah, what, what is what is jurisdiction? What is it? I'm all ears. Let's get this lovely young lady from Australia. Tell us what jurisdiction is. What is it? No, I I thought where the body is, where the where the um where the body is. That's called the uh, that's the corpus. That's that's a what? That is called the corpus, C-O-R-P-U-S. That's called the corpus. That's the body. Oh, corpus. like the corpse. The corpse. Okay. The corpus. Has it got anything to do with standing? Yes, it does. But let's look at the word jurisdiction. Take the word support. What does jurisdiction mean? What does it mean? What does the word juris mean? J-U-R-I-S. What does juris mean? Where juris means law. Jurisdiction means a place of discussion where they're going to apply the law 
to someone in a fixed place in time. That's what it is. And so you get in the courtroom, that's called jurisdiction. They're trying to say an Australian law within that precinct that they're charging for a crime and the location, and they're saying that under this um, this Australia law here in the county applies to you, and and you have to you have to rebut that. That's what jurisdiction means. A place where they're going to try to apply the law in a given location, geographic location, and they're going to try to convince you that applies to you. That's a jurisdiction. Now, what is your what is your what is your status? Are you a uh, let's look at some words? Are you a U.S. citizen or you a resident? Are you a citizen of the United States? Are you a sovereign citizen? What are you? You got to understand what is your, your, your status. You have to figure out what are you. What capacity are you operating in? Are you are you operating in the capacity of a free person? Or are you operating in the capacity of a member of the state of the forum, which you should not be? And do you have standing? What is standing mean? Standing means what is your 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 place? What is your relative place in society? What are you? If you even if you are a plumber or a cook. Are you a law-abiding person? Well, that can be your do you have standing in the community? Yes, you do, because you're not harming anybody. Let's look at the word law. What does the word law? I keep hearing the same old answer from all these knuckleheads out there. The legal profession says, oh, oh, it's, it's an act of legislation. Oh, I beg your pardon. Oh, I beg your pardon. It's too easy for them. I found out what the law means. I read a book, 1850. The fellow's name was Frederick Bastiat. It was called The Law. The first page, that was his definition. It is the collective organization of the individual right to lawful defense. I repeat, law is the collective organization of the individual right to lawful defense. I'll give an example. I'm walking on the street, minding my own Negro business, singing a Negro spiritual, God, oh, Lord, please don't hit me no more. Officer comes up and says, hey, boy, you look like a, hey, you look the color guy that just, uh, just, just uh, uh, that, that stole money out of that cash register at the barbershop. And I said, oh, hold up, Michael Mahoney, you, you must cut the wrong person, so what do you stop me for? So he's going to try to get me, he's going to hassle me, he's going to ask me for my ID. I said, I'm going to have to show you my ID, because you have failed to show me any evidence that you have under Brown versus Texas that I've committed a crime. Now, here's where the law kicks in. They don't want you to know this. He puts his hands on me, but I didn't get permission. I'm going to fire back, I'm going to twist him up in a pretzel. That's called the law, the collective organization of the individual right to law for defense. Now, I keep hearing these knuckleheads on TV, the state, federal, local, they keep saying, huh, I don't want to see justice being served. Justice shall be done. Justice? They have no idea what that is. The word justice? Let's look at the word justice. Does anybody understand what the word, the definition of justice is? I found it in 1856 Bouvier's Law Dictionary. It says, justice is the constant and perpetual disposition to render every man his due. I repeat. It is a constant and perpetual disposition to render every man his due. Do you see that in court nowadays, folks? No. It's not justice, folks. It's injustice. That becomes part of my paperwork for it. I put that on my motion to uh, some of my paper when I put motion to striking this bit. I put that on there. Justice. Law. I'm, I'm about to, I'm, I can. I am free to motivate or, or to... Uh, uh, I can be anywhere I can in any space and time without harming anybody. But someone uh, that, that, that needs to do any physical harm to me, I have a right to defend myself any way I can. And that, and that goes for people who call themselves police officers and constables. They don't want to hear that. I've got a case for you. 
I don't know the exact case that was called Chief Je- Chief John Bad Elk. If you go on on Google and, and or go on Wikipedia to look at Chief John Bad Elk, I forgot what case it was. It was uh, well over a hundred years ago. That the legal profession don't want you to know that there was a Native American that was served an unlawful warrant by a constable. The constable made a move toward his Native American, and the Native American killed him. Took the American, the Native American, to court. He was exonerated. Why? The unlawful process. The officer put his hands on this guy. He took his life from him. They don't want you to know that, folks. There's a case in Texas about a year ago. Uh, I was so happy when I, I, was, I had a round of applause. The fellow was in his house. Five police officers came to his house, barreled through his door. The guy was in his house. He killed two police officers, and now they're trying to find, they're trying to get him for, for murder. They can't do that, folks, because under law, under the Castle Doctrine, he had a right to defend himself. These guys went to the wrong house with the intention of doing something. The guy killed two officers and wounded another one. Now they're trying, they got him in jail. I think he's still in jail right now. Why? Can you call that justice? The constant perpetual disposition to render every man his due? No. No. This is why people like us on this phone line tonight are dangerous because uh, if you ever see the movie Spartacus where Kirk Douglas was talking to the Salvation Pirate who was played by Herbert Blom, and he asked Spartacus, he says, you Spartacus are going against the greatest army in the world, going in there tomorrow in a battle, Knowing that you're going to die, you know that you're not going to win. And he said something to the effect of when he talked to the, when he said this, he said it doesn't matter. He says there's only two things in life that that the slave knows. He's it's the pleasures of life and death. But he says once the slave lifts his head from the dirt and tells the Roman Empire, the mighty Roman Empire, no, the whole empire starts to tremble. That's where we're at today, folks. You say no to these people. Watch the way they react. They get overreact. They don't hear that. They think that what they say goes. We tell them, no, it isn't. Um, That's why we have excuse me. Yes. Oh, uh, Russ, yes, yes. I just looked up Juris, and Latin is, it's Latin like for law, and dicto, you know, like jurisdiction, dicto yes. is your saying. Yes. Okay, yes. and and I etymologise the word justice, and that's the administration of the law. Now, their justice would be their administration of the law. Is that correct? That is their administration, but does that make it lawful? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't, no. That's why I say it's the administration of their law, which is legalese, which is the colour of law. Well, if you look at the, do you understand what the, do you know, do you know the difference between legal and lawful? Um, well, I understand that the law is the true law, like law as, unless there's harm, injury or loss, there is no case. Whereas the, um, oops, whereas the legal system is the codification, codification of of a law, but it's a co- in a code where they choose what they want out of the true law and put their own words in or understanding of to suit themselves. Is that correct? Yeah, I think you. Yeah, you hit it. My, what I found out in my years of study that legal, the difference between legal and lawful is this: legal means anything that's man-made for the purposes of a 
of a certain effect, whether it could be the protection of the public good, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's all man-made. The difference between what is law, law has to pertain to the abiding by the universal principles of equality, justice, and fraternity. You don't see that in court. There's a big difference between legal and lawful. Because there's a fellow in Australia, I don't know if you ever heard of him, I see him all the time. Have you ever heard of Max Egan? Oh, yeah, he was, um, he, he's, he actually comes from some band, doesn't he? But I don't, oh, Crowded, I think Crowded House, isn't he from? He, uh, he has a website, he's, it's called The Crow House. You ever listen to him on The Crow House? Yeah, he is, he, uh, he's from Crowded House, yeah. The, yeah. I like him, I like him. I'd like to yeah. meet him one day. When he comes back to the United States, I think he's, he'll be coming over pretty soon. I'd like to meet him in person. Yeah, well, uh, Actually, I haven't thought about that, but the plan is to get Carl over here to Australia. So I'll actually get on to Max and um, let him know. Great guy. I think he's like 74, 75. I've got no idea. He sounds young. Yeah, just go on on the Crow House and he pops up. He got so many. I listen to him all the time. Exactly what's going on? No, he's been pretty good. He's yeah, great guy. So when I go into court, I tell the judge I'm not here to argue. I'm not here to engage in any acrimonious debate. We're going to be we're going to resolve this matter peacefully. If the judge tries to trick you by saying, we're going to schedule this uh, for trial, I said, object- objection, Your Honor, we're not going to trial at all. We're going to resolve this matter today. I got work to do. I have other things to do, and I'm not going to schedule. Don't try to put me on your timetable and take, the, take away my economy, and you're going to come down within the next two weeks because you want to pin up a schedule that you're going to you know, we're going to settle this trial today. We're going to settle it today. That's what you got to you got to get them in court of them and settle this matter right now. You ain't got time for that. Schedule for trial. You're not going to trial. The goal, what I'm trying to do, my goal is to prevent that from going to trial ever. It's take too much time. You're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And sometimes these bastards will drag you through the court for like six months ago. I don't have time for that, folks. I don't have time for that. Here's another mistake people are making. You get a summons to appear in court, and they say, I'm not going to go to court. Well, you better not do that, folks. Don't do that. You'll get yourself in trouble. I, I I, I look forward to going down there. Don't do that because they're going to get a capist out on you or a bench warrant. You don't want to do it because you are now in big hot water, folks. Don't do that. Go down there. And you know, Cheyenne talked about it before. You want to stay in what? You want to stay in honor and operate in good faith at all times. I'll tell you what I've done when I over the years when I went down there. They don't like me, but I tell you one thing, I did get the respect. They say, we don't like this guy. He's coming down to mess with our system, which is not theirs. And I stood toe-to-toe, belly-belly with these guys. I said, come on, guys, I want to show me. Give me your best shot. I get them every time. You may not like me, but you're going to respect who I am. Because I'm not going to tolerate you. I'm not going to tolerate your bullshit. Well, what do you got? You got nothing. Get out of my face. It takes courage, gentlemen. It takes courage, ladies and gentlemen, to do this. You gotta 
look at the statute, and if you read the statute, there's, whole, there's so many holes in, it, in the statute, is that who in the hell is this stuffing and upping up their, up their laws? They don't tell you, do they? say, whoever did this, whoever did that. Who, who, who in the hell is whoever? So they want you to believe that this whoever is talking about you. No, they're not. The law has to be, has to state two things, the statutory construction and the legislative intent. And I'll tell you where the real law is. Richard Cornford showed me this a long time ago. It look, you've got to go to the annotated version, folks. That is where the real law is. And you know what the annotation means? There's a footnote on every page on the base of the bottom of the page. It tells you the statutory construction and the legislative intent. That's what people were looking at. Here in North Carolina, they call it North Carolina General Statute. That's a dead giveaway, isn't it? North well, Carolina down at the General bottom, down at the bottom, is, isn't it the, the uh, footnotes? That's what it is. It's called the annotation. It means it gives you the legislative right. intent and the statutory construction, and people are failing to do that. Even if you look at the United States Code, look at the USCA, folks. It's a dead giveaway. The United States Code annotated. Right. Always look at the uh, foot, footnote. Thank guys. you. Thank you. You got a free ice cream cone with no ice cream. Good. You did well. Well, that's, that's a good answer. I'm gonna throw you. I'm gonna throw you. butt over the balcony. It's good. No, I but, just had a good salad. Yeah. I'm cool. And I have milk and cookies. I'm cool. Oh, you did? Okay, I'm going to throw you over, I'm throw you over the balcony anyway, because you answered the right way. You just get you get to throw it over the balcony with, with no milk. Oh, I like my milk and cookies. But, no, cookies? okay. Go ahead, Russ. And then at the end of this, I'm going to interrupt, because we, yes. we have to get these uh, people to do, uh, ask them for the right questions. That was the, well, that was what the call was about. Yep. And then we're going to do a follow-up. Yep. So we, you know, the thing is, I'm almost finished because we got to do, we got to ask the right question. You want to ask the judge. Now, when you get in the courtroom, you'll make sure that you get your paperwork in there. You get your paperwork before you go in there. Make sure this is a court of record. Why do you want a court of record? Because you've got to get a transcript so we can take this on an appeal. Even if you get your butt kicked in court and the judge dismisses your case and, and finds you guilty, you know you can take this case back up to the appellate court and still challenge subject matter jurisdiction that bugs the hell out of them, you can still do that, folks. They're giving you all the tools, and we're not using it right. So it can be beaten. I agree. We're not using it right. That's right. I agree with that 100%. That's why when we get on these conference calls, you and I don't denigrate anybody. We're not telling people from Michigan they're doing it the wrong way. You just got to do it right, folks, because they're actually helping. They're giving us the tools, folks. You got to use it right. 100% 100% agreed. Got to use the right, folks. And it doesn't yeah. really have to do with common law or it's just asking the right questions. Yes. As soon as you got that letter in the mail or as soon as you got the court case in the mail, whatever the case is, ask the right questions. Why would, so, why I mean, would inter- you wanted, Russ, you wanted to go down to ground zero. Yeah, that's it. Let's go there. We're down to ground zero right now. What, what? Why are you allowing yourself to be called a defendant? What are you defending? Don't you think you should call or yourself? Or a debtor. Or a debtor. Yeah. But go or, ahead. Or just say, just, just put a word of it before the word debtor, put alleged debtor, alleged defendant. Why are you putting the word alleged there? Because they have to prove it, don't they? Yes. Show me the base of your claim. Either you put up or shut up. Okay, so, so suppose they bypass that and they don't. 
they, they well, don't just what, downright answer you. Well, here's what I do. I like when they do that. When they don't answer, they give me that. Matter of fact, don't you think that's empowering you even more? Yes. Absolutely, 100%. Yes. Okay, so you you give them, an example would be, you give them a 15 USC 1692G, which is the... Which is to verify the debt. Yes. What what is one of the things you want to request of them that will keep their mouth shut? Uh, You're going after... Say you're going after a bank. You cannot go after a bank, folks. So if you go over Wells Fargo, you can you can you can uh, mail the letter to the CEO or the chief financial officer and request information. Who in that bank is actually making the claim against you? I want the names, the phone numbers, and address. They won't they won't answer that. You beat them right there, folks. Isn't that okay, great? I'm gonna, I'm going to interrupt right now. Russ is actually it's an excellent excellent point. Is whoever is coming after you? Get their personal address, phone numbers, and and, and telephone numbers. And who was the person inside that building that's making a claim against you? The bank can't do that. You have to reach inside that bank, penetrate the walls, and ask them what specific employees in your bank that's operating in this legal institution or this uh, lending institution that's making a claim against me. Okay, let's stop right now. Uh, Janine, you're still on? I got Janine on. She takes excellent notes, and she puts it uh, on on the uh, chat board. I so I'm, hold on, hold on for one second. Janine, are you still on? Yep, I'm still on. So I got okay. two. Okay, so it's not a what. It's a who is making a claim against you. Yeah, Russ, could you actually say that again, but slowly? I've already put it up three times. Is her name Janine? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's move forward. Let me do it slowly. Oh, come on. Come on, Russ. Stop (laughs) it. Russ, I've done it, okay? Who is making the claim against you? Remember, it's a who, not a what, okay? So who is making the claim against you? I've written that up two times in here, Shane. I've got it. And then he also asked for... To, and how, Russ, would you ask for them? Because they always hide behind their corporate office. So how would you actually ask them for their home address? Well, no, I wouldn't ask them for the home address. What I do when I put that in that FDCPA, when we did that in South Carolina, the case just melted away. We asked them, yes, we understand that it is an institution called the bank or whatever this institution is, is actually – uh, pretend to be the debt collector, if you are indeed the debt collector. Here's the words that Richard Cornthorpe showed me what to do, and here's what you do. You give them a little one-two punch here, and here's what they say. Um, it, 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 see if I remember, it's word for word verbatim. It actually sets them back on their rear end. The words are, are as follows. I see, Let me see if I can get this together. It's, uh, it is never my intention nor my purpose to evade a lawful tax. If I do have a legal or lawful tax, I would certainly pay it. In order for me to to make payments on this debt, please, uh, what do you call that? Uh, you want them to to forward you the following information. One of the things you want to ask them for is that is you ask them for the validation of the debt. But if you're looking at a, a lending institution or a, a group that is trying to claim themselves as being the creditor. 
you want to uh, put them to provide you every each and every person's name within that organization who is actually making the claim against you. They're not going to be able to do that because you're smoking them out. I want their names, telephone numbers, and their addresses. Well, that's what I just got. To, uh, I, that's what I just got to end up saying. You want yeah. their names and addresses. Well, what, right. the address wouldn't that be their personal address? Uh, no, I just say I just I did that on purpose. I want the names, phone numbers, and addresses. Okay. Okay. Just a general statement. I'm just putting it out there. I said it's up to them because what I'm doing right now, I'm getting a. I'm, what I'm doing, I'm getting um, information that's going to validate that they're acting in bad faith. That means I got grounds to come after them for a civil suit. Now that's what I want them to. Do. They're playing right into my hands. Yeah, correct. But isn't it funny that they always hide behind a PO box and a corporation office? But they okay. never supply, hold on, they never supply their personal address. But they want us to supply the personal address. Uh, that's why I use ghost addresses. Well, exactly. You want to use the P.O. box. No, like they I'm do. About, no, I'm talking about ghost addresses. Ghost address? Yes. Have you ever heard a book called How to Be Invisible? Yes, I did. Go on go on Google. You can download the whole damn book. It tells you how to do it, folks. And that's uh, what they're doing. No, so we need no. to actually... Yes, they are. The P.O. box is not a ghost address. That's not a definition of a ghost address. Okay, okay, gotcha. That is a business P.O. box. That's not a ghost address. Well, it depends no, on how they... They've found out the law courts are doing that. They've actually registered in a corporation name, and when they look into that corporation and they look <coughs> deeper into it, Romley Stewart actually found that the courthouse in Cairns, in North Queensland, it was registered to a business address, some sort of spiritual business address that had gone out of business. So it wasn't yep. even registered as a courthouse. So that would possibly be a ghost address. Is that what you're talking about, Russ? Yes. Well, that's what they're doing. That's what the courthouses are doing. Let me give an example of a ghost address, uh, Cheyenne. If I, I had a business, I was a medical billing, uh, had a medical billing company here in North Carolina. Rather than registering as an LLC in North Carolina, it was registered in Nevada. That's a, that's a ghost address. Regular street number and an address. That's what is it, a ghost address. That means they cannot, they can't even find me. Also, wouldn't that, be, what, wouldn't that be a satellite office as well? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Isn't that great? Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> That's why the next time you get a driver license, why would you have the driver license and where you're at right now? Why would you put the address where you are taking up housekeeping? Why would you do that? I have no clue because they end up putting you. If you went, if you would end up doing that, that would be a resident. Well, you know, you're setting up another address that where if they try to serve uh, uh, serve process on you. Aren't they going to the wrong address? Yeah. Yeah. 
I can get a ghost address up in Alaska. How about that? Yeah. Put them on a wild goose chase, uh, Cheyenne. That's what I do. Put them on a wild goose chase. Uh, where is he at? I don't know. He's in uh, a place called Sheepshit, Idaho. Oh, I, I found a new town. It's called Harvey Dick. Yeah. Yeah, give it to the uh, give that to the uh, uh Janine, what's her name? Janine, yeah, give her a copy of that. I'm sorry, what? You can give that you can give that uh, to Janine. Oh, Janine's an ace. I got her. I asked her to come on to uh, just to uh, take notes. Yep, if she wants, she can have one too. Correct. Okay, uh, Russ. Uh, let's go back to um, let's finish the call. Um, as far as the questions, because. We gotta give these kids homework. Right. The first homework is the hope. The first homework we got to do is is when you go into court, what are what what would you have any idea what type of paperwork you're gonna file before you set foot in that courtroom? What, what are you gonna file before you step foot in that courtroom? Uh, Fourteen days or thirty days later, what what kind of paper are you gonna file? Well, one would be um, you can file on their case, which would be uh, counterclaim. But then okay, also what? you have to you have to do your own claim. No, you're, you're not filing a claim. You're, you're, okay, the first thing you do on affirmative defense, you're gonna the first one you're gonna do, you're gonna do an answer and counterclaim. Number two, it is a prosecuting attorney. You're gonna do a motion for a bill of particulars in Ohio. It's called Rule Seven E. Number three, you do a um, a motion for strike and or dismissal. How about that? So we need three of them. Yeah, you're making it short and sweet to the point. I love it. That's it. That's all you need. I love it. Yep. Love it. There's no need to put whipped cream on a turd and call it a hot fudge Sunday, folks. Yep. I go into court. What's one of the first questions you want to ask the court? When you step in there... And you're going to say, is your name, excuse me, ma'am, sir, is this a court of record? That's one of the first questions you want to ask him right now. Is this a court of record? Well, no. If it's not a court of record, why is this not a court of record? Well, sir, I'm going to remind you, if this is not a court of record, will it be construed on your part that you're violating my rights to due process? That means that you are violating my rights to an appeal. Is that correct? Here you go. How about that? Well, normally they always do... um uh, they, they lack of due process. If it's not a court of record, don't you think you're denying you due process? What is Correct. due process? The right to be heard. Right. Is this court lawfully in session, or is this court been lawfully convened? Why is okay. that, sir? Russ, slow down, because Janine is trying to catch up. On chat board? Yep. So slow it down, sweetie. Thank you. Did she get the first one about the, um, is the court of record? She put motion to strike and dismissal, 
And then she ended up putting, what was the other one? Question mark. Motion for Bill of Particulars. And then she has asked the court, this is the court of record. Why is this not a court of record? Question mark. So you are violating my right to due process? Question mark. Yes. Um, ID court lawfully in session? No, it's or, both the is. Sorry, I, look, I'm a bit dyslexic on my fingers. Sometimes they don't work properly. Okay, so it's supposed oh, to be no, in. no, Janine, Janine, you're doing great. Okay. Don't apologize, please. And then she has, um, or is it lawfully conveyed? And then she has so motion for bill of particulars. Lawfully conveyed. Okay, so the bill of particulars would actually would be second document. The second, yes. The first one is answer and counterclaim. Okay, let's go slowly. Okay, she's putting it on. Number one, counterclaim. Yep, Number two. Number two, motion for a bill of particulars. Okay, she got that one, three. Number three would be a motion for dismissal or strike. Hold on. Hmm. Okay, she got it. Okay, now let's, Russ, let's go back to the I guess that's that's what you're saying as far as the questions to ask. Oh no no I got here's here's a, here's a big one's going to upset them. Okay now let's go slow because Janine's oh I'll bless say, her excuse, heart. Excuse me sir. I'll She's say, a sweetheart. Let's me, sir, go back. Hold on, hold on Russ. Let's go. This is the reason why we end up doing this call. You and I spoke about this. Uh, let's go from ground zero, which you wanted wanted to do to help other mm-hmm. people, and let's. Build this up for their homework for the next fall. Okay? But go slow because Janine is typing it. And also other people are on the call and they're probably taking notes. So go slow. Thank you. You've got the floor. I'm going to talk about John Wayne. Okay, brother. Oh, stop it. Stop. (laughs) I'm going to ask the judge. Excuse me, sir. No, ma'am. no. no here's, here's let's go here's, back. Here's the from the, let's go for. Let's go to the sorter. Once you get the letter, isn't that where you wanted to go, or no? No, I thought you. I thought you were going to talk about ask, asking more questions in court, or do you want to go to the letter? Which one do you want to? Let's go. To, let's go to the ground level as far as homework for the people. Right. Well, we gotta. You gotta. The ground level has to do with the paperwork and the asking the right questions in court. Where you're going to get an answer. Okay. What about the paperwork that they need to do before they go to court? We just went over. We just went over that. We have those three pieces of paper that have to be filed. You got the answer and counterclaim, the bill of particulars, and motion to strike and dismiss. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So 
So that, that, that takes care of that. That takes care of that foundation. Okay. Okay. One of the questions I'm going to ask this judge, this man or woman who is in a black robe, I'm going to ask this person, before we get started, are you operating under any type of immunities that I need to be aware of at this time? Are you operating under any type of immunities I need to be aware of at this time? That's a good one right there. Are you operating under any immunities at this time? There are three types of immunities. Do you know what they are, folks? No, go ahead, because Janine's three types of immunities, folks. Yeah, that's why you asked this judge, this man or woman in the black robes, are you operating under any type of immunities I need to be aware of? And there are three types of immunities. I'm going to see if they're going to get either A, B, or C. A is called absolute immunity. Hold on until she types it, please. We're getting a great response on the chat board. Thank you, Janine, again. Okay, absolute, absolutely immunity. Go ahead. No, abs- no, not it's called absolute immunity, not absolutely. I'm going to put a camera Okay, absolute immunity. Immunity, I, absolute right. immunity. Right. Number two is qualified immunity. She got it. Okay. And the third is called qualified. It's called public servant immunity. There you go. All three of them. Public servant immunity. My question for you is: What type of immunity do you think a police officer is operating under? I would say C. Yes. I would oh, say you, C. You get, you, get a, you get a free cookie, both of you. get a free cookie and a uh, and get thrown off the balcony. There you go. No, I want a sandwich. You want a sandwich? Okay, I'll give you a sandwich and throw your boat over the balcony. Both you and Janine, over the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> Janine, you better catch me. <laughs> no, 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 I'm going to use you as a cushion. <laughs> All right. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, let's go back. Janine is being great on the chat board. Oh yeah, I don't see it. Well, go in the chat. Ain't going on the chat. I'm too lazy. Okay, Um, someone possibly he can possibly um, bring up the chat live later with chat grabber, and then just go into this call and then he'll be able to bring up the whole chat and then if anything that I have typed that he just skims over and goes no well that's not correct then he can probably correct it next phone call next that's why I end up uh, that's why I end up repeating what you end up writing but um questioned uh Russ are these proceedings under color of law I wouldn't ask that question now if you ask that question you're going to get involved you're asking for a uh, an acrimonious debate. I would not advise to do that. Okay, Jeffrey, our good old guy from uh, YouTube, is putting um, none of none of this is correct. Save time. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't have no problem with that. That's his opinion. I'm telling you what works, folks. Obviously, he's never tried this before, so he can say whatever he wants. I'm not going to say anything bad about that. That's his opinion. And again, I'm going to put a disclaimer out. Uh, Jeff, you do not have the right to um, put this on YouTube. 
Well, he can put anything he wants on there. I'm just saying that uh, he can put anything he wants because of the freedom of expression. I'm just telling. I'm just telling. That's why we got a conference call tonight to let you people know what's good. This is the real world. That's his opinion. But what, what does he have to offer to counter what we discussed tonight? He's got nothing. I don't care. He's got nothing. All he does is put Thank you. people that's down. That, 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 doesn't, that shouldn't bother us. Okay, let's move on. Okay, that doesn't bother, okay? Um, okay, Janine asked. Hold on. Janine asked. Don't ask the don't ask the judge about the color law question mark. No. And then someone else end up putting up why not question mark. Okay, if you if you ask the color of law, aren't you aren't you kind of like sorry, leading them to sorry disregard sorry disregard that question mark because it's not meant to be a question mark. It's supposed to be a full stop because that's engaging in. Um, you know what is the color of law? What is that's just isn't that is that correct? Yeah, I wouldn't. Why, why would I ask that kind of question? Because don't you think if you ask that question, don't you think that you're initiating a senseless debate? Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Okay, truth be free says yes. This does work. I'm a witness and have experience with the court case. Just less. September and November. I repeat again. I said, "This is me." I don't ask those questions. If you, if he asks that question, word, I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. No, truth, truth, be free. Said it does work. What? What you're saying about not asking that question about the color of law? Yeah, you're saying well, you know what? Uh, truth, be free. You got a good point there. Okay, guys, let's go back to the questions. How we wanted to, Russ, how we wanted to set this up and then have I these know. people have homework. Sorry, Tricky is getting... saying what, the, what Russ is saying. He's done what Russ is saying to do and it that's, works. That's what I felt. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's what they end up saying. What is Russ is saying? Right, does work. Yeah. You're being non-combative. You're asking questions because what you want to make sure that if it, if you answer these questions to see if the court is has standing and do they have the jurisdiction, that that's why you have to ask these questions to qualify them to see if this is the court of competent jurisdiction. Because if they're operating under any type of immunities, I would say, excuse me, so you're saying to me, that you have a public service immunity, is it fair to say that you're operating under the FSIA, the Foreign Sovereign Immunity Act? Oh, they're not going to, they're going to, they're going to, you're going to jack them up out of that chair when you mention that. Are you operating under the Foreign Sovereign Immunity Act? Because you are a licensed bar attorney, is that correct? Yes. Here's another question I want to ask them. Um, I'm a little confused right now. What jurisdiction is this court operating under? Because you remember, Cheyenne, we have people that think this is called maritime jurisdiction, admiralty merits jurisdiction, common law. I want the judge to answer this question. What type of jurisdiction is this court and you operating under, sir or ma'am? Don't you think that's a good question to ask them? Okay. We have a question from my good old Jeff, the YouTube guy. 
then they say you have standing or jurisdiction, and then what? Uh, wait a minute. I don't understand. That. I don't understand what he's saying. If he's standing in jurisdiction, what? I don't understand the question. Uh, apparently, they're saying that they do have standing and jurisdiction. Um, I don't. I, well, I'm not going to argue about that. We already went through what standing in jurisdiction is. He's saying that that's his, that's his personal opinion, and I agree with that because they assume that the jurisdiction that they're operating on is called personum. The question I'm asking them, do they have subject matter? I don't care about the personum jurisdiction. I'm asking them the subject matter jurisdiction that's contained in that charging indictment. That's the jurisdiction they will never have. So, yes, he's right. They they think they have jurisdiction because you're physically there. I don't have a problem with that. The standing, how can they have standing if they're operating on a prevarication of a of something that's, that, that, that's, that was put on paperwork called a narrative of factual allegation has not been proven true. So how in the hell could they get standing, folks? How do you get that, Jeff? See, with the question he just asked him, he can, he can answer that same question with the question he just asked himself. He knows the answer to that. <laughs> okay, Truth said, and I really, I want to have the questions at the end of the call. I, I really don't want to interrupt this as far as the chat board. Janine was doing excellent on putting stuff down, what you end up putting, um, or what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to that. Let's give people the homework, and then how about let's do a question and answer. Right. All right? Okay. So we got we got to ask the judge. You want to you want to see before you can say anything else. You want to make sure what jurisdiction, like like Jeff said. What jurisdiction is this this court operating under? He's going to give you an answer. This that, and Jeff has got a good point there, because he's assuming that the court has jurisdiction. What you're asking him is that what jurisdiction is this court operating under? Because if the judge says I have jurisdiction, I said, Judge, I'm going to repeat it again. I need further clarification and validation. Another question that I asked the judge is this. Do you have, do you or the prosecuting attorney have any factual evidence that the Constitution, the document that you swore an oath to, both of you could have sworn an oath to, do you have any factual evidence that the Constitution and the laws deriving therefrom operate on me simply because I'm physically present on the land? Now, what do you think the answer to that question is going to be? What factual evidence do you have that the constitutions, codes, regulations, promulgations, ordinances, et cetera, et cetera, um, administrative hearings that derive from the state constitution operate on me simply because I'm physically present on the land? This is the question that Mark Stevens came up with, and uh, we use that. It gets it upsets them, but to no end. <clears throat> Aren't these the people that 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 swore an oath to this this document that you and I have never sworn an oath to? It binds them, not us, folks, because their constitution does not bind the people, folks. But why can't people understand this? That's why I don't go into court and I say boldly, 
that I'm not here under constitutional protection. I'm here under inherent natural rights, which supersedes the Constitution. Why? Because in 1783, when that document was formulated, what rights did the people have before the Constitution was drafted by these 56 men? Natural rights, folks. I'm so sorry, folks. The natural rights supersedes and trumps the Constitution every step of the way, folks. That's why okay, I'm Russ. still walking on the yellow brick road. Thank you. Okay, Russ. Jeff says, so what is it, What is his plan when they answer with his question? And then he puts, if he stumps the judge with a question, they'll just keep the case moving. Then he puts, the law written under the Constitution bind you, however. I see no evidence of that. He made a statement, but he, he provides no evidence to support his uh, allegation. I don't see where he's going with this. Because if Jeff is Jeff telling us that he swore an oath to the Constitution, how does he know that the Constitution itself binds him? Has he, has he ever read the, the treaties by uh, what's this gentleman's name who wrote the book that the, the, the Constitution, no treason, uh, the uh, the Constitution of no authority, written by uh, I'm trying to think of that guy's name. Uh, you can get on the internet, you can read the whole thing. Uh, the name of the article is called the, No Treason, the Constitution of No Authority, written by an attorney in Boston, that the Constitution binds no one, folks. I beg to differ, Jeff. Was it that Lysander Spooner or something? Lysander Spooner, that's it. That's Lysander Spooner, who's my great-great-great-great-grandfather. Okay, no, I just Googled it. I'm not, I'm not smart. I just Googled it. Lysander Spooner, <laughs> No Treason, the Constitution of No Authority. He said it only binds those who have pledged an oath because those people who have done that are known as constitutors, folks. It's got nothing to do with me. Right. Um, the link is up in the chat if you want to go into there that. There you go. Um, Lysander Spooner. The introductory, okay. no, no treason, number one, two, and um, number six. All right. Thank you. Constitution, no authority. Okay. Jeff puts the Constitution does not bind me. The laws written under it do, however. If the evidence of the felon is all there, free need, free need, failures? Well, I beg to differ, Jeff. If you go on markstevens.net, look at some of the papers that he put up there, and he tells you the pictures that he's won many, many times in different states when he actually asked the questions of the tax boards and courts in various states this question, why did they dismiss the case if he's wrong? Thank you. Okay, Russ. I'm sorry. That, that's it. That's that's the only one I'm going to read. Uh, this is the last one, Jeff. And then you you need to call in. There's more cases of Mark failing than winning on video. Okay. Well, so I I'm not going to go into that, Russ. This was not our call tonight. It was just basically helping people to yes. write out uh, notices for their county. For their um, um, whatever they need to do, Jeff, why don't you just leave the call? No, it's okay. Seriously, you, see, you, you can't you can't be naive to think that Mark Stevens is going to win all his cases. Nobody's out there has a perfect track record. He knows that. So thank you very much for bringing that to our attention because Mark Stevens, I like the guy very much. 
talk to him all the time. And yes, he's a good man. And the, and the reason why he's losing all the case because you got corrupt judges in, in in courthouses, Jeff. That's why he's losing. Correct. So you think this guy is going to come out there? He's going to have a hundred cases up there. He's going to win all one hundred. We can't be that naive to believe that he's going to win every one of his cases. What do you expect? He's rolling the dice. No, Jeff. It's not. Someone has to keep you guys honest. It's just that the corrupt the judges are corrupt. Thank you. Okay, let's go back, Russ. I really want to go back to let's do the homework for people yeah. to do the homework. Right. What questions can they ask? And then when do you like to do a follow-up question for these people if they, hopefully they do, to send it to the local officials. All right, here's another question see the ask. Okay, and go slow because Janine, I love her to no end. Hold on. Janine, I love you to no end. Russ, go slow so she can type on the board. Is this case civil or criminal? Would that be your first question? No, that's one of my first. I would that be one of my first questions. You can you can range your question any way. When I'm just spitting out because my mind is going a thousand miles an hour. But you got to ask this judge. Let's say if it's a traffic ticket, they always call it criminal. No, it was civil, but they convert to to criminal. And I want to find out why. So you want to ask the judge, excuse me, ma'am or sir, is this case civil or criminal? Uh, I say, agree with that, and it doesn't matter if it's a traffic case or whatever. I right. agree with that. And then okay, go on. It's criminal. So if they say criminal, you ask them how Let's go with civil because did... more people are doing more with civil right. than you criminal. Ask the judge, how did they how did they make the determination that made this case criminal? Because if you look criminal, don't they have to have the elements of malicious intent or culpable state of mind? Is that on the ticket? No. So how the hell they got to – you see what I'm getting? I'm coming on the back end. How did they determine this case being criminal? Because they have to prove that there was malicious intent, which they can't prove. That is why the Bill of Particulars destroys them, folks. You see what I just did? I did a round. I gave them a reach around, and I got them again. Okay. Not, so now you anywhere. jump back. Let's, let's just do civil first with the questions, and then let's do um, criminal. Yeah, you can ask them either way. Is, it, uh, is this case civil or criminal? They're going to say civil. Right. What made it civil? Make them answer it. Is this case is this case criminal? How did how did you make the determination? What made this case criminal? Or civil? Yes. Do you do you know what a bill of particular is? Do you know why a bill of particular is very powerful? Because the bill of particulars. It's called the Bill of Particulars, and what you're asking for is two things. You're asking the state prosecutor to state with specificity and with particularity the nature and cause of the crime. He cannot answer that. That's why when we did up in North Carolina here with Terry, it destroyed the case. State with particularity and with specificity of A, B, C, D, and E. They can't answer that because they cannot tell you or prove that you went out in that car and maliciously intended to go 10 miles over the post-speed limit, can they? So that bill of particulars could actually be... Um, Ooh, that is, a, that is a sledgehammer upside the head. Do you, do you have it's a, a civil and you? criminal. Civil yeah. and criminal. Yeah. Can I interrupt for a second, Stan? I just yeah, I just heard about that bill of particulars. Um, if uh, if 
if some because I was in a traffic court and they didn't know what I was talking about when I said that I actually mentioned bill of particulars. Uh, is it okay if it, uh, if it was just uh, like say like a statement or something also? Quickly, I just wanted—I wanted to wind up um, Russ with the questions while Janine was here, and then I was going to do a question and answer after the call. But go ahead, since you're here. Yep. Oh, hang on, just checking the bill of particulars equals equals asking the state prosecutor to state the nature and cause of the crime. We're going to give you the document itself, so you're going to take a look at that. Now, when I wrote that bill particulars, it slams them every time. Uh, they, they don't like to hear that because you're making them accountable and responsible to do their duty as a public servant, which they don't, they're not going to do. And that's civil and criminal, correct? No, no. The bill of particulars is for criminal. Hmm. That's why I like criminal, and I can deal with them in a civil case. But in a criminal case, the bill of particulars is the where you want to go. That's what I did. Because most of the time, it's criminal. So you do a bill particularly <laughs> in Ohio is called Rule 70. How about that? See, all you have to do, do is tell this, this gentleman Sorry. here that's on the phone, all you have to do is go down to Google, Google in where the state he's at, and look up bill particulars, and the form will pop up on the internet. It'll pop up. Yeah, what about civil? Awesome. Civil is different because in civil, you have different type of tools. What do you have in civil? You got depositions. You got interrogatories, and what else you got? You got interrogatories. You got the um, interrogatories, depositions, and you got uh, for, uh, you got other things for discovery. I like civil. I like I like doing both ways. It tears them up, folks. I had an attorney show me how to do the civil part of it. I love it. I love it. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say one last one last thing. I swear to God, Russ, uh, Jeffrey. The arresting officer can be a witness. I disagree with that. Why is he? Why doesn't he prove an answer? Why doesn't he provide proof that he, what he's saying is true? How do you do that? Exactly. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm. I'm going to stop. Let's go back to the homework. What you and I spoke about. We got Janine on the bed on the uh, chat board on the bin on the chat board, and then let's take uh, questions. Are you cool with that, Russ? Yeah. Okay. So, so finish up. Uh, Money Mike, before he does that, do you have any more questions about a ticket, or can you wait? No, no ticket. Uh, question, and uh, I can wait for I can wait for uh, until it's my turn for another uh, general question. Okay. <clears throat> so, Russ, finish up while we still have um, Janine. She's posting on the chat board, which is awesome. Thank you again, Janine. You see, ask Jeff, ask Jeff this question. I want Jeff to stand in the mirror tonight and look at himself and see if he, if he can be a witness unto himself, whatever he does, and see if he can go outside and tell people that he witnessed himself do something and see if they'll believe him. The, 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 what he's asked, what he's done, is that it's proven to be patently absurd. You would think like that. Okay. Let's go back to finishing up what people need to put out. Let's go to the ground level. And then it's going to be homework. Next few calls, or next call, 
I'm not sure when it's going to be. And then we'll do a uh, question and answer. And, and Russ, I hope you're uh, ready for uh, the crowd. Okay, Don't hang another, up. Here's another question for you. Sir or ma'am, are you going to ensure that I'm going to have a fair and impartial trial? Second question? Yes, I got another one for you. Did Janine get that one? Yes, she did. How about this? Judge, are you going to ensure that through the entire proceedings of this case, are you going to are you going to ensure that through the entire proceeding of this court case that you're going to be fair, impartial, neutral, detached, and independent. Thank you. How about that? How about that? That hits him hard. That hits him hard because if he says yes, you just nailed this guy to a social contract he can't get out of, can you? No, he can't. But answer the right questions, folks. There you go. Okay, I never got all of those um, questions. Judge, are you going to assure that through the entire court case you are going to be fair, impartial? Neutral, detached, and independent. Diane, can I ask you a question? Yes, go ahead. Have you ever been on any occasion that you were a witness unto yourself, that you can prove with any reasonable doubt that what you did was true and you served as your own witness? No, I haven't. Thank you very much. But, That's what I need. There you go. There you go. But Jeff and the putting brush is going to be helping uh, put people more. Russ is helping put more people in prison. Uh, well, I don't take no offense to that. That's what he thinks. But he, I, I could tell this man has not had any court cases. He doesn't have any. Um, uh, he does. He doesn't have uh, any court any experience at all. Well, he claims he does, but he puts all, everything on uh, YouTube. But anyhow, I, I don't want to talk about him. I want to let's let's finish it up with questions that people have to ask. And let's go back to what, no, let's go back to what you and I spoke about, Russ, is just just like four questions. What do these people need to put in just to their local congressmen, their local township? Let's go with the five questions. Let's finish that up, and then let's do a question and answer. Okay, we're, about, we're, we're kind of wrapped up right now, but yeah, if we want question and answers, we'll go ahead and go into question and answers. Oh, okay. Then let's do that. Let me unmute.
Um, Money Mike, you had one? Yeah, I had a question. Hello? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, I had a question for Russ. Was um, talking about something about uh, some law being above constitutional law. Was it natural law or something? Yes. Okay, was that the same as like law of survival or something? Okay, well, what was your question again? Uh, natural law being above constitutional law. Well, uh, okay. The reason, why, the reason why I said natural law or common law is supersede the Constitution because when the Constitution. Oh, I'm sorry. Pardon? I'm sorry. You said superseded. That's what confused me. Okay. Is that, is that, is that about – was I accurate there? Or? Yeah, it, would, it, takes the, it, it supersedes or trumps the Constitution because when the Constitution even before was written, what law was man operating on before the founding fathers got together and sequestered themselves behind closed doors? It's natural law. Okay. You had a right okay. to uh, – yeah, that's it. Okay, okay, Russ, can you go more into the supersede? Because actually that trumps – of, takes the place of. Yes, it trumps a lot of your uh, court procedures, your motion and notions. So could you actually go through more on the supersede? No, it just means Documents? It takes the place of the Constitution that the Constitution, we don't need it because natural law was already in place. Okay. That's all. <clears throat> Just kind of, I just kind of worried a little bit because when you mentioned because earlier you also mentioned something about uh, somebody shooting some police officers. I mean, yeah, there was self defense in their that, house. That, that, okay, that, okay, that was natural law. That was a case. Uh, it happened in Ohio. It happened back in 1898, and they don't want you to know this. What happened? There was a guy by the name of Chief John Bedock. He was a, um, a Native American. This constable served um, an unlawful warrant. Knew damn well that the, the, that, the, that the warrant was unlawful. He took his own hands to arrest this man. And after a little scuffle, the Native American took this constable's uh, life from him. This is what the Department of Homeland Security, the police department here, states don't want you to know that. Because what I'm saying is that if they step out of their sphere of influence of being a law enforcement officer, once they cross that line, they're going to be treated like anybody else as a regular uh, a criminal. They should be dealt with severely. Do you know anything more current? I apologize. Sorry, but uh, my last one would be: uh, Do you know do any cases, uh, any incidents like that more current? Not just like what happened in 1998. Yes, there's. I'm going to I'm going to find that. Um, there's there's one I just saw. I go on the internet every day. There's a guy's a black fella who was sitting at home <laughs> in Texas. I'm going to see if I can get that. I think I I'll, I'll give it to um, Cheyenne when I get off, and I can get I can get the exact. Um, um, what about the woman? The what? what about the woman? The the woman just um just late last year. She just had her baby. Um, her husband had died, I think, of cancer. Two men tried to break into her house. She was phoning nine one one. She actually she told the people on nine one one she was going to shoot them as soon as she as if they walked through the door because they were trying to get in. They were intruders, and the lady on nine nine one told told her, she said, ma'am, I can't tell you what to do, but you have to do whatever you have to do. So as soon as the first guy comes through the door, she hit him with barrels, knocked him down, killed him, the other guy fled. She's not convicted of anything because she did a self-help. She was protecting it's herself. Castle, it's called the Castle Doctrine. Castle Doctrine. Can you spell that, please, Russ? 
castle, like a castle, C-A-S-T-L-E. Okay, like a man protecting his castle, okay. Yes. Are you familiar with the, what happened in 1215, the Magna Carta? No, no, not at all. Okay, King John was run down. He was the king of England. They ran him down. The barons ran him down. It's a very famous case. You can look at the Magna Carta. He was he was forced to sign the document that guaranteed the natural law, the common law, among the barons and the people of England. The reason why that did not hold up too well, a lot of common law people used that and said that was not a good place to start because King John was forced to sign that at sword point. So it means that when it got to the Pope, the Pope nullified that because it said it was done under duress and force. So therefore, the Magna Carta didn't mean crap. So he was and absolutely. The funny part about that is, I'm sorry. The funny <clears throat> part about that is, when he had it, when he held them at knife point, he was kind of. They were kind of using what was believed at that time their natural law to uphold that to make sure. You know, I mean, well, yeah, more, see the kind of irony in that. Well, not really, because if you find out what really happened in that case, have you ever heard of a guy named Webster Tarpley? Go on Webster YouTube Tarpley. and look at Webster. He's a, he is a foremost historian, and when I heard him, he got more deeply into the um, into the, uh, the, the, uh, the Magna Carta, and the reason why he was ran down by the squires and barons, because the barons at the time were landowners themselves. So what they had to do, they were carving out a niche of their own control under the king. They're over there doing the same damn thing. So they ran him down at, at, at sword point, and the whole damn thing was nullified because it was under threat to Russian coercion. So it didn't, it didn't do any good at all. That's why, that's why I brought that up. Okay, thanks. Awesome. I think Janine knows a fellow by the name of David Irving. No, I can't say I've ever heard of him, though. Who is he? foremost authority on Nazi Germany. I've been on this guy for a couple of years and met him in person last year. Fantastic guy. If so you ever David Irving. Irving. David Irving. I-R-V-I-N-G. He's no longer allowed to go back to Germany. He can't go to Austria. He can no longer go to Australia because if he does, they're going to put him in jail. Why? Because he told the truth about World War II. Great man. He'll be 79 years old this year, and I want to go over and I'm going to meet him over in, uh, everything goes, I'll be meeting him in Germany, then I'll be flying to, um, well, I'll be going to Poland, then I'll be going to Latvia. That's supposed to be a good place, that Latvia. <laughs> well, it's, it's, the reason why I'm going up because this is part of the World War Two people. I've always been a World War II buff, and I, there's what we're doing. We're going to be going, I'll be going to Poland and going to Auschwitz. I'll be going to Birkenau. I'll be going to Majdanek. And then I'll be going to East Prussia, where Hitler had his Hitler's lair 
And then we're going to uh, Riga, Latvia, which is the capital. We're going to be going up there because that's where a lot of the Germans and the Russians were fighting up there. So it's a historical city. Uh, a lot of things happened in World War II. That's why I'm going to go up there. Okay. Yeah, I just have my friend Paul. He's just come back from there. He he's um he's he's got a a wife overseas. Very, so every every couple of years he country. goes. Yes. Very small country. Notice the Baltic people. So if you ask these basic questions, we got more questions to follow, but we want to get this, we want this to soak in right now so we get you on the ground floor. And now we're going to give you the tools of where if you're standing flat on your feet, you'll be able to fire back at this guy without having being pushed back by not answering the question, by asking them questions with other questions. Do not answer them in the affirmative. If he says, if you name Janine so-and-so, I said, what is the relevancy of your question? Are you trying to establish some type of personal jurisdiction by asking me the name? Well, yes, I, I respectfully decline to answer your question. What is your next question, sir? See what I'm doing? I'm staying neutral. When they ask about the name, couldn't you um, say my name's private? No, you can't say private because is your is your name private? No, because it's public. Well, no, there's many of judges that have also said my name is private. That that's your personal opinion, but did they prove that's private? No, not private at all. To me, that to me personally, that's a, that's an inappropriate answer. I would say. If the answer to my name was Russell so-and-so, I said, what is the relevancy of your question? Are you trying to obtain jurisdiction, personal jurisdiction, by asking the name? I'm going to force him to answer his own question. That's why I answer a question with a question. Well, you always got to ask with the, answer with question. 100%. Thank you. Thank you. You get a free cupcake with uh, with salt on the top. Thank you. I don't, I don't want any salt. I'm going to go to Australia and get me a digger a doo. You know what? I'm going to go to Australia and get me a digger a doo. No, no. What do you say? A diggity doo or a didgeridoo? A what do you want? A did, a, do you want a didgeridoo? I'm going to get me that, that, that little, what do you call that thing, that long wooden pole? They call that a, they call it a digger a doo or is that a diggity doo? No, that's a didgeridoo. A didgeridoo. I, I knew a lot of times the analysis test to see if you knew what I was talking about, but you get you get a cupcake. <laughs> Oh, yeah, right, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she gets a cupcake. Yeah, I know. I just, yeah. Is this open mic? Yes, it is. Welcome. I get a question for Russ. Can he elaborate on the questions and when they're applicable? Most of them... Most people's uh, situations seem to be only in traffic. You can still, you, that's a good question. You can still ask, you, you can still ask the, all these questions because what you're doing is that you want to make sure when you ask these questions, is the court properly set and is the court properly convened or is it lawfully in session? Because if you have a traffic ticket, have you ever noticed that the traffic tickets are never sworn on oath of affirmation, which means that makes it all hearsay? 
What you're doing, you're asking questions. What you're doing, you're peeling back the layers. You're destroying your standing and jurisdiction all in one all in one swipe. That's why I like it. How do you determine if a court's been lawfully convened? Just uh, just ask okay. them. Well, here, here's, here, I'm going to give you an example why it, you're going to ask that question. There was a fellow on TV. His name was Judge Wapner that was on TV back in the 1990s or so. And he was um, he was a judge, and what he said in every episode that he appeared, he asked a question, and they took him off the air. And I said, "Wait a minute, what happened?" I kind of find out why they did that. Here's what he said: "I read your complaint, and I've known you've been sworn." You see what he just said? "I read your complaint, and I've known you were sworn." My question to you is: traffic tickets, even though they write a narrative on a ticket. Have those, have those tickets ever been sworn to by oath of affirmation by a clerk? No. So that means that the court cannot be properly convened if they're operating on allegations that have not been sworn to by oath of affirmation. You just destroyed the whole case. Did that answer your question? Uh, I kind of... I, I don't know what you call it. I, I kind of went off into another la-la land there myself. But when you go in and they uh, put their hand up and swear, isn't that is that a convenience? No, it isn't because, uh, like I said before, if you look at the definition of swear, swear means to make a solemn statement. Just because you're making a solemn statement doesn't mean that you can't lie. Don't you think that the cops do that? They solemnly lie? Yes, they do. Well, what about convenient? What is that part of convenient? Well, no, because it, it, if the if the that's why I asked the court. Is a court lawfully convened, or is it lawfully in session? It can't be if they're taking a ticket that's not been sworn by oath of affirmation. It's only operating on allegations, factual allegations that have no elements of proof. There's no evidence at all to prove it being true. So therefore, the court in no case could be lawfully convened. There is no justice here, my friend. How can you have a fair and impartial trial? How can you have a fair and impartial trial with information that's based on allegations with no evidence? I was thinking maybe they. I was thinking maybe they skipped that step you're mentioning because they presume jurisdiction because you're in traffic in traffic court. They they presume jurisdiction, but what what jurisdiction are they presuming? They say jurisdiction. What they mean is personum, personum, the jurisdiction over the person. But what the real issue is, is subject matter. That's where we got them. Okay, thank you. We got them on that subject matter jurisdiction. But what is the, the the information on that charging instrument that is flawed from the very beginning? It's not sworn to. It's based on facts, but they've never been proven. I said that um, I walk up to you and I say, um Die, uh, Cheyenne kicked my dog in the butt, and my dog was speaking Polish for three weeks, and I didn't understand him. So I told you about it. How do I know? How do you know that I'm telling you the truth? If I if I put my hand on the Bible and said, I'm a solemnly swear, knowing full well that didn't happen, I just made up a story. You can't.
the reason I come that the Constitution is null and void, like Lysander Spooner said. If you ever looked at the history of the Constitution, have you ever heard of the the first Supreme Court justice by the name of John Marshall? Do you ever see what he did? Case called Marbury versus Madison. Read that story. Read that case. Did we lose the host? She's asleep. She's on. She's not sleeping. She's on medication. Sorry. What was that? Um, <laughs> what was that case, please, Russ? Marbury versus Madison. M A R B U R Y. Marbury versus Madison. The first Supreme Court Justice of the United States' name was John Marshall. He did not even go to law school, but he was the Supreme Court Justice, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court at that period of time. How did he do that? I got a book for you, uh, Janine, to read. Have you ever heard of a guy by the name of Gustavus Meyerson? No, I never heard of him. You have to get a hit a book. Uh, get a book is out of print right now. I think you still get it. It's called The History of the Great American Force. And I read that book. I almost fell on my freaking face. Fell on my face. Go have the book. It's a hardback book. It's written in 1910. And you better get a dictionary because this guy, whoever wrote that book, is like 800 pages. He knew the English language so I had, to, I, almost, I, had to, I had to write down almost 500 words. I didn't understand what they were. I had to look them up. He talked about the Constitution. He said it was a fraud from the very beginning. Right, quick, does anybody know Collins all right? He was on the call Friday. I think he I think he um didn't he didn't he um he called me up, he didn't have it. He had a call Friday. Yeah, I was concerned about him. Quilla, are you going to say keep it moving? Keep it moving. Thank you. Thank you, Russ. I think he's been posting in the chat room, so he's got to be still alive. Yep, he's just posted up today about, uh, well, 12, 12.20, you know, so that's that's a few hours ago. So he's, he's alive. I guess we're about ready to wrap it up, are we?
Russ, there's someone that wants you to expand on immunity and FSIA. The reason why the, the reason why I threw that up there because I've been getting um, uh, people that's been contacting me in the last couple of years that they looked under the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act, and if you look under that, if you Wikipedia the Foreign Sovereign Immunity Act, it may not have to do with the immunities that they're operating, but you want to keep that in the back of your mind that maybe you want to ask the judge if you get an understanding of what a Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act and what the, who that pertains to. That's why I'm asking the judge from the very beginning, is there any immunities that you're operating under that I need to be aware of? It's either, either you're operating absolute, qualified, or um, public servant. The Foreign Sovereign Immunity Act comes into place where you have state officials, such as this judge or the governor, maybe the secretary of state, are they operating uh, as foreign principals? There's a possibility that they are. We need to investigate that. Are these guys foreigners? Did you know that the the attorney general and the secretary of the treasury are not paid by U.S. Treasury? Who are they paid by? Uh, what, what, what is the the secretary of treasury is called the governor of the fund? Who do you think is paying this guy? Who's the most powerful man in D.C.? Is the most powerful man in D.C. Is it is it the president? No. No, it's actually the United Nations. Isn't it? No, the most powerful man in D.C. is who? It's my guess. It's not the president of the United States. I'll give you a hint. In two thousand, who was it? Two thousand three or four. This president was getting ready to go to war. Against this country over the Middle East. Is it Chinese Rumsfeld? Postmaster General. You're close. This man was standing behind the president on his right hand side, and when the president got off the podium, this guy stepped up to the office and he says, I'm going to do this, this, and this. Who was that man? Who was the most powerful man in Washington, D.C.? Okay, Secretary of the Treasury. Who was who was who was what was his name? In the Secret Service or his police force. Okay, but why is the secret why why was the why is the Secretary of the Treasury one of the most powerful men of Washington? What did he do when Bush got off that stand? What did he do? What did he say he was going to do? He froze the assets of Saddam Hussein. That's why he's more powerful than the president, my friend. How about that? How about that? So that was Paul Henry O'Neill? Who was the Treasury Secretary? Was it Reuben? No, it wasn't Reuben. It says Paul Henry O'Neill, born the 4th of December 1935, served as the... 72nd United States Secretary of the Treasury for part of President George W. Bush's first term. Okay, he I think was fired in 2002. No, this guy was fired in 2002. I think it was him. That was, that he, he said he's going to freeze the asset. The President of the United States doesn't do that. It's the people who have the control of the, the nation's currency, folks. The Federal Reserve and the Department of Treasury and the uh, yeah, the United States Treasury and the um, Federal Reserve. How about that? 
Oh, about that. I don't know if it was this guy. This guy said he was. It was said he was fired in December two thousand and two for his public disagreement with the administration. Yeah. But but I mean yeah. Um, but nine eleven was September one. So yeah, it probably was him. At the time. Oh, that's okay. Keep it moving. But then if you have a look... You have a look at Rumsfeld and Cheney. They have, been, they have been behind every president since the 70s or early late 60s, early 70s, behind yes. every president. Yes. What's going on there? You know, so they've got to have a lot more pull than the president because they're the ones behind the scenes. They're not the front men, but they're there. They're there forever. Yes. I think that. Um I think Shane could give you the documents of which you need uh, the uh, answering counterclaim, the bill of particulars, and the motion to strike and dismiss. It's um, it hits them hard. It hits them pretty hard. And and I, I got to agree with Jeff. You're not going to win every time. If you think you're going to go in there in every case, that you're going to have a hundred cases before you, and you think you're going to go in and win a hundred straight cases, you're, you're you're fooling yourself. And I agree with him on that. That he's thinking that what we do, that we're going to win all the time. We're going to lose sometime, folks, because that's the nature of the courts, folks. We're not going to win. We're going to win some. We're going to lose some. That's that's the way it is. So don't don't you know don't try to be naive enough to say we're going to go in there and we'll get a ninety percent win rate. It's not going to happen, folks. You deal with that as you're very you deal with a very cor a corrupt system here. <clears throat> no, Jeff just wants to um, put the negative out on the YouTube. Uh, you know he can do whatever he wants. I mean, the thing is, though, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna overcome him anyway. It doesn't matter what he does; it doesn't affect me at all. It doesn't affect you at all. So I don't worry about him. Well, I do because I I I don't like people coming on their on my call yes. well, and end up saying something personal, personal, personally, and then he ends up taking that and put it on YouTube. That's wrong. That. He, he, he might be an agent provocateur, and I let him do that. He lives in his own space and time. He's living in cyberspace. I really don't care about that. We're going to do what we need to do. We'll get more people on this line, and he's just one guy out there. We're going to get hundreds on our side. We don't, I don't care what he does. He can spin around his own orbit. If he wants to go back and start Trek, let him go. But people come on. I'm sorry. I'm eating. People are coming on this call to get help, and They're sometimes they go overboard, and they end up giving out personal information. Yeah. And then Jeff, he puts it on YouTube. Well, let's put it this way. The people that heard us tonight, do you think that we put any information out there as false misleading? No. 
So they they, they know the people out there know, are smart enough to know that what you and I and Janine talk, we're telling the truth. We're not telling. We're not, we didn't we didn't come in here and say, well, this is a paper that's gonna that's gonna floor everybody all in one swipe. We're not telling. We didn't put no disclaimer out there because we know damn well, you go into court, you're rolling the dice. What reason would we have to lie to people getting on a, on a conference call this time of night? None. So if Jeff wants to go out there and play his games, go out on YouTube and and do the boogie woogie. That's fine. That's him. That that's his problem. And we know we know where we stand. We're not giving people false misleading. I'm, I'm, I'm telling people paperwork we filed in court and kicked their butt with it. It's been done. Oops, we've just lost Cheyenne. Got any more questions? Janine, where are you? In Australia? Yeah, yeah. I'm in North Queensland. Yep. Tropical North Queensland in Australia. When you come back, so you if... bring back bring back a brown snake. Oh, my God. Yeah, someone down south just found an, uh, a brown snake in their kitchen the other day. It was underneath the fridge, and it had about 12 eggs. Oh, got to be careful. Got to be careful. Those are very, very dangerous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were we were mustering out at Chatsworth Station, and we're all in the high note, and we actually run over one. Oh my gosh! And we reversed up, and you know, high nose. The window was right there, right there, and the high nose. You know, your um. We, sorry, it was a bus, and the buses. You know, they don't have the engine is not at the front, so you're not sitting very far from the window, and this brown snake just just lashed up, just straight up and just struck the middle of the windscreen. And I'm thinking, my gosh, that's got to be nearly six foot. <laughs> wow. Ooh, vicious. The deadliest snakes in the world. Uh, your inland taipan is the worst. Uh, you've got your inland taipan and your coastal taipan. Your inland taipan is about 12 times more venomous than your coastal taipan, and then you've got your coastal taipan, and then your brown. I do believe that's the way it goes. Oh, you got any more questions? Keep them all your way. Well, that's it. I guess we can get ready to wrap it up. I have a question. <laughs> yes? Um, I'm currently going through a tax lien foreclosure and was wondering, it's for property taxes, not for mortgage or anything. And it's, and I was wondering, because they sent me a letter today for a summary judgment, like they said I got 20 days to respond. So I was wondering what I should do. Okay, this, this, is, a, this is a property tax? Yeah, for property taxes. Okay, wait, okay, did you um when, when did they when did they mail you this bill? Um, they sent me the court papers today. Hmm? I've been trying to I've been dealing with this for like about three years now. In the last two years, did you pay the property tax? I paid was recent, but that uh, they sent it to a debt collection it was basically a debt collection agency though. Okay. They they sold the old debt to debt collection that's what's trying to foreclose on my property. 
Well, you don't want that to happen. What I would do, if you if you if you don't have the, the time, I would right now to get. What I would do is, um, I, you, you can do like you can trade space for time. And what you can do is that you can uh, make every effort in order to put some kind of a, um, a payment right now to where you can say, I'll pay you guys um, for you know months at a time to where you get this debt cleared up, to which will give you enough reading space where I give you enough information. We can get back, come back on the back end and get them the next year. See, that's what you would do. Okay. Because you don't want to, you don't want to do that right now. So you, you don't want to you don't want to lose your house right now because I would make some kind of a settlement with them. But in the meantime, I'm going to get information enough of these people. Are they misapplying and misinterpreting the statutes? Yes, they are, and they're criminal. Yeah. They're involved in a criminal operation. And what we're going to do is that we're going to try to get them a civil action against these people. We've got to get all the names and addresses of these people coming after you unlawfully. Okay. Cool. Because if you don't, they're going to sweep. You're going to come down there and take your property. You don't want to do it. You don't want to be out of the house right now. We're settle right now. Give yourself some time right now that we can get enough research and reading about how to come after these people the right way. And this time we come back, they're going to be, there's no place for them to run. Okay. That's what we're going to do. Cool. Do you have an uh, email address or something? Hello. You have a lot. You yeah. You have a lot of background oh. background noise. Sorry. No, that's okay. But it's just hard to hear you. Okay. Do you have an uh, email address or something? I can contact yeah. you more. Yes, I can. Uh, I can give. I don't. I don't, I don't want to give it over the phone, but I can. Uh, oh. Okay. In fact, if you can give me a phone number, I can actually text it to you. Okay. Yeah. My number. Yeah. Seven two zero. Mhm. Four five one. Right. Okay, seven two zero four five one four two five five. Four two five five. Yep. Okay, and you are what's your name? Stephen. Stephen, all right. Very good. All right, gotcha. Right. And you know what, Russ, that you know what we should set up one email address that we can put online out there in yep. the air. Yep. So people don't have to put their email out there or their phone number. Right. But all in all, I think it was a damn good call tonight. Will it be able to be downloaded later? Will, be. Will, it be, will this call be saved to like be able to be downloaded from the site later? Yes. Okay. Because I've been trying to call a call and call don't answer. You don't even buy the emails. You'd be busy as heck, I bet. So. Well, he just got done having, I think, 16, 19 puppies. Oh, okay. <laughs> How many? <laughs> 16 to 19 puppies. That's a lot of damn puppies. Out of three <laughs> girls. That's a lot of poop to clean up. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'll pass. I will <laughs> pass. Wow. Well, I think, folks, I think we had a damn good call tonight. Yeah, but I, I actually wanted to cover a little bit more, Russ, but yeah, it what overall it went pretty good. Yeah. 
So did we give anyone homework? Or yeah, I can well, just wait till next week. Just we're, 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 let's, let's, let's wait till next week and then we give them the first homework assignment. Okay. Okay, that works. I'm happy. It was a good one. Covered a lot tonight. Yeah, I think it needs to be covered, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, yeah, overall, it was good. So before Rust uh, hangs up, anyone else have a call or a question? I'm sorry, question. Raise your hand, star eight. If not, we're going to end this call. Yep. Yeah, Russ is ready to uh, take a sandwich and uh, go over the balcony. I'm going to clam tonight. All right. Well, I thank you, everyone, for um, Truth Be Free. I don't, probably the next, I don't know when the next call will be. But the next call, I trust me, it will be homework. There you go. It will be homework. And basically, it's just asking the right questions, and hopefully we'll, uh, Russ will cover civil to criminal and not to mix the two. Um, maybe we'll just start out with civil and then criminal because it seems like more... Someone needs to move it out, but it seems like it's more civil than criminal, but I could be incorrect. So I, it looks like, Russ, we need to separate that. But actually, they're cousins. So actually, they just have to um, change basically what the wording a little bit. I guess I'll be calling you tomorrow, then. Okay. I thank you so much for coming on. And I'll chat with you tomorrow. All right. All right. Thanks. Thank you, Russ. Thank you, Cheyenne. Oh, you're welcome. Well, truth be free, they convert civil cases into criminal, which that exactly then then you gotta watch when they do um yeah, I know that chair um you also gotta watch um how they do everything commercial as well, and then contract law, so what we're trying to do is just basically break it down and keep it very, very simple. Nothing more, nothing less. And just go to the questions that we need to ask. And then have everyone go out and put this and have your neighbors put it out. Have everyone put it out. And it's just small, basic questions. That is just basically uh, to find out what your government is basically doing. You're going you're going to go to um, your local um, township, give them some questions. 
And if if a hundred of us can do that in different states, then that hundred, if you tell friends, and they can do another hundred, and it's just basically three to five questions. That's it. Keep it simple. We got to get these corrupt criminals out. Bottom line. Truth, why don't you come on? It was so good talking with you the other night, sweetie. Been a long time. Well, yeah, we just want, what Russ wants to do is just basically ask simple questions to take it into your township, your local um, congressman, and just ask minor questions. That was what this call was actually was about. But it's amazing how you end up starting out with the call and then it goes somewhere else, which is good. No big deal. Good thing. Okay, well, um, hey, this, uh, this, this is Terry. Uh, it just seemed like um, actually it was going more towards the court and what happens in the court and uh, that there are, there's about 10 questions that, he came up with or that we came up with when we were working through um, our court case uh, to to always ask. And you're not going to get through all the questions, most likely, before the judge puts, uh, pretty much puts a stop to it and either they ask for continuance or they dismiss the case. So that's why the questions are really important. So oh, I agree. It's important to know these questions. I agree 100%. The questions are good. What actually Russ wanted to speak about was just go to the local township. But then this call ended up going into the court system to ask certain certain questions, which, again, was good. So, yeah, if you ask the right questions and not on 10, well, Terry, did they end up answering your questions or did you end up getting them into uh, defaults? Oh, no. Well, this was um, my son's case, and he only had to ask um, two questions. The the prosecuting attorney tried to cut him off, and the judge wouldn't let her. And then she jumped in as soon as she could and said she needed the continuance. And then what happened was um, they all were looking at him. He didn't realize this until after the fact, because he's 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 still quite young, and this is his first real serious court situation. So um, he had control of the court. He didn't know it. He didn't realize it. He didn't catch it, because they all turned to him. He, they, he was the one that had to give the authority, the the grant their request to continuance, and he did it, and then he realized that he had the authority to say no because they still did not have the evidence. They still could not prove their case, and that's what what was being asked and also subject matter jurisdiction. And, you know, that the judge had, the judge was going to remain remain fair and partial, uh, that those four things that we just talked about. 
you know, well, let's see, what was it? Fair and partial. Um, you know what I'm talking about back when we were discussing that part. Um, independent and neutral. And I can't answer that question because their paycheck is being paid by the state. So, again, you're, you've got them all in the catch-22. And they just don't want to admit it. They don't want anybody else in the courtroom to realize what's going on. Well, when you end up when you end up putting in um, different uh, notices into the court into their complaint, and I'm guessing that's what he did. Yeah, you don't you don't play around with it. I mean, once they, you know, because there are court rules and procedures, and so you you have to get them um, filed before your next before your next court date. Or within that okay. 30 days. Did he, exactly. Did he end up coming in in a counter complaint on their on their complaint? Or did he well, open he up to, his own claim? No, it wasn't anything new. It was basically answer and counterclaim, the demand for um, particulars, and the motion to dismiss. Yeah, because they can't prove it. So it really caught them off guard. It catches them off guard because they don't, they're not prepared for somebody to, you know, book their system of, exactly. You know, because we were we were all gummed down before, and and oh gee, I owe that debt, et cetera, et cetera. While most of us are learning and just asking the right questions, you have to understand what the bill of particulars is. Whoever's typing in there, nothing means anything. Um, you have to understand what that bill of particulars is. And if you do, if you don't, and you've not read one, and you've not read what it says, what it, what questions that it's uh, asking, then you aren't going to understand it till you know what that is. Um, you can find templates for a lot of these documents that we're talking about online. Um, it gives you an idea of what they are. So that probably should have been part of the homework for tonight is look up those what each of those documents are and find a template and read it and read an example of a case and then you'll know what they are. Okay, Janine, are you still there? So basically, Terry, you were just asking about that just that one question. Yep, I'm still here. First of all, he didn't answer their roll call like everybody else answers. Everybody else answers uh, guilty or not guilty, or they enter a plea, or they say that they have their attorney. And they they rattle off the name of their attorney. That's the first thing that happens incorrectly. You've just given them subject matter jurisdiction. Okay, Janine, bill of particulars. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll just Google that. I'll put it up. Hang on, I've just got to get rid of a lot of other things up here. Well, uh, did you listen to Terry? That's what her son ended up putting in. Two questions, and one was just Bill of Particulars. Well, first of all, he answered the roll call as only what he said was present. The next thing the prosecuting attorney wants to know is how you're going to plead. And Russ covered this on this call. You don't have enough, you don't have sufficient evidence to enter a plea. You don't say that you're refusing to enter a plea, a plea or anything like that. You have insufficient evidence to enter a plea this time. They want to know if you're guilty or not guilty or no contest. Okay, Janine is saying... the subject matter jurisdiction. Janine is saying, what is a plea? Yeah, well, <laughs> that's a real good question. Look that one up. A plea is begging. So what they're saying yes. is, you know, exactly. are you begging? You know, do you plead guilty? Are you begging to be guilty? That's how I mm-hmm. see it. Are you begging to be guilty? You know, that mm-hmm. doesn't even make sense, does it? No, wow. it doesn't. No. I'll, I'll, I'll etymologize that and I'll put that up in a sec. But that's the thing. That's what's getting the subject matter jurisdiction right away. You're begging, already begging the court, and you've entered to, you know, for them to basically... Uh, you know, please have mercy kind of a thing. I remember of, about a I remember about a month ago, not to interrupt you, Terry, and it's, I'm so happy that you joined the call, which I knew you would be. Um, but I ended up going to a traffic court, and basically it was just a ball about, and my window window shield was cracked but it was cracked more to the um um the um the hood the dash uh-huh so anyhow I was on the state of Jersey and everything is registered in Pennsylvania so I had these two rookie cops pull me over when I was heading to Walmart and I was actually where they had to pull me over was in Walmart uh, parking lot because I wasn't going to pull over on the road to then next thing you know they'd have to get my truck you know towed any of that shit so I end up pulling into the parking lot <coughs> while I was doing that <clears throat> of course they end up putting on the lights I'm laughing at them but anyhow back to um, what was my thing to this one um Shoot, what was my thing to you're in a And you're in a public place and there's cameras everywhere. Oh, no. When I ended up going to uh, the court, that that was the thing. When I ended up going to the court, he couldn't have just gave me a, um, okay, get, get the tailbot, the uh, bulb fixed. And I told him I was heading there to get the bulb. And he got pissed at me because I put all my stuff on the dash. And he asked me to hand it to him. I said, well, right there it is. And I said, I was acting like I was reading something. Because somewhere, Terry, I don't know where I read this at, but somewhere I said, or I, I read, that if if you hand that 
to them. It gives them jurisdiction. But if you put it into, onto your dash, they have to take it. They don't have jurisdiction. Did you ever hear of that? Uh, yeah, you just don't, you, you um, either show it right through the glass, let them look at it, or oh. the, in, a, in a place where they have to grab it, you're not giving it to them. Right. No, no I, my um, window was down. I just put it right at the corner of the dash. I said, oh, you want the state? Oh, here you go. Oh, kid, it's a state. There you go. And then he wanted me to uh, give it to him. I said, it's right there in the dash. Grab it. He got pissed. That's where he ended up writing me up a freaking ticket over a bulb, which I end up winning, and which I end up have to, I have to um, follow through with that one as well for uh, just in conversation on that one. Mm-hmm. I want to see how that works. But back to, anyhow, back to the plea. <clears throat> they put you in this little room, and um, um, they ask you, what is your plea? Guilty or not guilty? I said, I don't plead. Officer looked at me, bright eyes. He says, what do you mean you don't plead? I said, I don't plead. He says, you mean to tell me you're going to go in front of him? The judge, I said, whatever it takes. I shall you in. Do you know what plead means? Plead means law, yep, lawsuit. So it's saying, do you lawsuit guilty or not guilty? Ha! Ha! Well, to see that officer's face, he was, I mean, his eyes lit up. And he tried his, tried his best to, well, you've got to choose one. I said, well, I'm not choosing either one. And then as at the end, he was like, oh, you mean you're actually going to go in front of the judge? I said, absolutely, and I already did my homework. I already had the paperwork there. So, yeah, I made my day. So when he, he seen I wasn't budging, that's when he got the uh, prosecutor, uh, the attorney, and, and brought him over. And we're, he started, the cops started reading off the ticket, and I went through my notes, and also I did my homework. Oh, um, well, here you go. And even the lawyer was like, oh, shit. And, okay, we read off another ticket. Gee, there you go. So I used the codes back against them. Uh-huh. And the lawyer said, case closed. Dismiss, discharge, whatever, whatever, however. Anyhow, I had to How still sit. I had to still sit in the court till it was held or till the judge, alleged judge, seen it. And you know that little sucker? He charged me $33 for court cost. And you know what I should have done? I I object. Yeah. I came from Pennsylvania to New Jersey 
for a bob. It's almost like a headlight out, a taillight out. Seriously? Yeah, but that's what they but, do to um, exactly it's basically about seven years. Don't they have to give you? Don't they have to give you like twenty four hours, forty eight hours to fix fix that defect? I already did it, Janine. When I realized that there was something wrong with my turn signal <laughs> after my appointment that day, my son and I we end up going to uh, Home Depot. And he bought a whole fuse kit. It was It was close to 20 bucks. And he got a tester with that kit. And he tested all the fuses and everything came out okay. I'm like, shit, it's the bulb. <coughs> so we ended up driving around, watching this area. You could not find a Hello Parts store to save your ass. So... We end up heading them back to Jersey, and then two hours, I guess, two hours later, I said, you know what, I'm going to go to Walmart and get a bulb. And, of course, there was other stuff I had to get. And I wanted to take the dogs, but my gut was saying, no, leave the dogs here in case I get pulled over by the cop. Wouldn't you know it, I got pulled over by the cop. And wouldn't you know it, wow. Because he seen my my uh, light off, my brake light off, and people were flying by. I mean, they were speeding in and out of traffic. Do you think they would go after them? Now let's pick on her. She's got a bulb out. <laughs> and then one officer was, oh my god, I was having, I was having, I was absolutely having a fun time with these guys. Because they were workies. And I actually just wanted to find out, okay, what's going to happen if I put everything? Because, Terry, I've never, done, I've never done this before. So let's put everything on the dash, see if they grab it. Well, he absolutely wanted me to hand it to him. I said, oh, no, there it is. It's not my property, it's the state's. There you go. And that pissed him off because I did not hand it to him. And then the other officer was on my passenger side, and he was just like, he was just a, oh, I don't even want to use the word. I'll be nice. Yeah, we kind of kind of know what, what all that is. As they're getting employed, as they're getting paid by the public to be public servants, you know, we'll have to remember that next time they do that to us or one of us, we're just going to have to say, look, I'll need a police escort over to Bunnings or Walmart so I can pick up this bulb so I can change this over and then I won't need it. Then you won't have to issue me a ticket. Oh, there you go. Because by there'd have to be something in legislation that you know because obviously they could say well it's dangerous to have a bulb out so you know um, thank you for your concern you know and thank you for pulling up to ask me if I need assistance yes I do yes I do will you give me a police escort because I'm on my way to Walmart to um to get a bulb right now and I don't want to be um, a damage to anybody on the road or harm anybody or injury any, anyone on the road. So, 
Yeah, yeah. You can call for backup and get a huh? <laughs> well, the thing of it is, yeah, the thing of it is, I had to take a right. It was almost like a U-turn type thing. And here they end up seeing my bob was out. So right away they followed me, went through the light, went on my right side, there was Walmart. So they're flicking on the lights. I didn't pay. I, I'm thinking, oh, here we go. So the next thing that now they're doing the uh, red light, red and blue light bullshit. And I put my hand out like, that, no shit, that dude. Alarm. I'm already pulling over. So I end up making sure I went into Walmart, pulled into the first parking area. And he acted like it was a big crime. And then I had a cracked window. And I explained to them. And that's where the, the uh, jerk-off, his partner on my uh, passenger side, well, do you know you have a cracked wind, windshield? I looked at him and started laughing. I said, oh, no, I didn't. When did that happen? <laughs> oh, I had... Because these two, were, they were so much rookies. I had to have fun. I had to see what worked and what didn't, what did not work. So anyhow, I said, after I started laughing, and that pissed them off more. That's probably where I ended up getting the ticket. But um, I said, yeah, I said, uh, uh, I ended up getting an inspection. It is not in my vision, and therefore uh, they would not inspect the vehicle if it was in your vision. Well, that's in PA. That's not in Jersey. I said, I believe, I believe I could be incorrect, though. But I believe it's in all states that if it is not in your vision, it's okay. Nope, nope, not in Jersey. <laughs> Just stupid shit I was throwing out of town. I, you had to, you really had to laugh. You had to really laugh. I asked him, as the one guy on the passenger side, he was like, well, you know, they're going to put out a claim. And I really started laughing. I said, I said, do you understand what the difference between a claim and a complaint? I said, you all can only do a complaint. You cannot do a claim. And the guy looked at me. <laughs> he didn't know what to say. And just, like I said, just stupid shit. And, and and even I even told the guy at the beginning, I said, I, I realized, I said, <laughs> I thought it was the fuse, and here it turned out to be the bulb. That's why I'm heading to Walmart. And because I put everything on that dash, that pissed him off. Oh, and then I ended up asking him what he told me to, to uh, get these citations. I said, is that an order? He says, oh, yes, it is. I said, thank you very much. <laughs> So again, I was just trying out just, just. But in the meantime, I mean, after that, I ended up writing to um, the sergeant, and I said, if I if I have to go to the court, uh, I will be on special appearance, and I will, uh, just in conversation, conversation, I will have, I would be asking a thousand dollars, and then if if it's been found that what 
your officer um, put in was false claim, that would be a thousand each. And he never responded. So I actually, I probably I didn't follow up on that because I'm looking at probably what at least two three grand there. But I had some I had so many other things to deal with that um, I never put that back in. But I probably should see where it goes. Yeah, I've been looking for there. Uh, the time and the false claims. I'm sorry, what? Bill them. It's basically billing them. You're going to bill them. Right. For, right. Uh, right. Their time and the false claims that they I already put, put that in. I already put that into the sergeant. Then we end up having the court date. And then, uh, of course, I won. But the judge... I should have I should have said I object when he said thirty three and he was pissed. He was pissed when he opened up that folder. He was pissed that the, the charges were dismissed. I mean, really, we're looking about a bulb. Seriously, but I should have opened my up my mouth, but. Apparently, since I've been down here, I've been seeing that courthouse a little bit too often than what I like to. <laughs> so I don't know to keep my mouth shut or open it, so then, therefore, they don't mess with me. But these guys down here, they like to mess with you. And I'm sure that's with any state. Yeah. They like to see, they like to just, you know, see if you're going to move forward. Basically, keep your stand um, because, um, <clears throat> you know, the thing about sending back the ticket, um, that also works. Russ was talking about that uh, earlier. I've done that, with, I've done that with a different, um, a friend of mine, I, I sent them back the uh, the ticket. And here they end up uh, sending down a warrant. Okay, so now well, I'm thinking. Now I'm thinking about sending them the form um, form fifty six. Um, or the form thirty nine forty nine a. I I just I was just checking on that form fifty six before using it. Um, but the thing of it is, is that um. You got to not be in their, you know, jurisdiction, so to speak. In other words, um, correct. I already separated the person to the man, and I, uh, I also put down the, or actually made a copy of different things. I haven't, I have not. Um, when did I end up mailing it out? Oh, actually, I was just looking at that today. I think it was. Um, Beginning of January, I still have not heard anything back. Well, that, but that, the time the warrant right. should be the warrant should be closed. The case should be closed. Every the ticket should be wiped away. If not, then mm-hmm. Terry, I'm going to do the form fifty six. Yes. Yeah. And they will run on the form fifty six. 
Well, I mean, at this point, you have a right to exactly. uh, file the court cases with claims against them. You know, yep. just like uh, like Rod is doing down here. Um, yeah, he's got a case coming up, doesn't he? That's coming yeah. up soon. Mm-hmm. Are you going to go? Yeah, and this, uh, I, I don't travel very much because okay. of my dip in my back situation, but because um, it's three hours to there from here. Um, let's see, how long has it been? So Two is North ago. Carolina, is North Carolina a big state? Yeah, it's pretty big. I know Virginia is large. Pennsylvania is large. North Carolina from east to west, I'm not sure how many miles it is, but <laughs> like um, to go from the east coast out to the uh, mountains border of Tennessee is um, about six and a half, seven with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry, sorry, we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.